They tried to bury us, not knowing we were seeds They left us in the dirt and now we're growing into trees I can smell the fear on them, flowing in the breeze They know we're powerful, just like the oceans and the seas They tried to wipe us out, not knowing we were gods This mass awakening is happening, now what's the odds? I'm in the jungle with the psychedelic frogs You can see my pineal gland is glowing in the fog It's shining like a crystal in the rock Like the one I bought from Bristol in the shop my third eye visions never stop I'm seeing UFOs making circles in the crops No, I haven't lost the plot But the hands are going backwards on the clock I got the ayahuasca brewing in the pot And if I overdose, tell my fam I love them lots I can show you what strange is I'm taking DMT until I don't know what my name is Everyone is breaking out their cages This mass awakening, it comes in stages and we were never born to make wages You need to focus on yourself and make changes Nothing comes quick, it takes ages You're gonna go through many different phases What doesn't kill you definitely makes you stronger My pain turned me into a monster Nothing worth having ever comes easy So it doesn't matter even if it takes Alright, ladies and gentlemen, back with another caller My man Esoteric Eddie from Esoteric Eddie TV is here you know and love him from his many appearances on all the podcasts, including this one and his awesome YouTube channel where he goes very deep into a bunch of subjects we love to talk about. But one of the one of the videos that you have up here, I'm excited to ask you about. But before we get to that, how have you been? How is your 2023 wrapping up and uh, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up? Thank you for having me. Thank you to everybody for uh chilling and hanging out with us man it's been a wild wild year it's uh it's been very spiritual especially towards the, the last half year so many synchronicities serendipities and just amazing and beautiful things have been lining up but yeah man it's been great thank you for asking yeah no i can i can see slightly from the one of the latest youtube videos that i checked out that from what i gathered you definitely have been opening up this new spiritual world. I don't know how new it is for you, but uh, I've never tried DMT, so uh, I'm curious to learn about that. You have a video up now, uh, your experience with DMT, and it says it's not what you expected. So what what led you to do that, man? Because I I myself have thought about it for many years, uh, and I, I... Personally, I'll say I don't have the courage to do it at this point in my life, but you said you found the courage. So I'm, I'm curious how that came to you and, and where that, what you know, what happened. Yeah, yeah man. <clears throat> Spoiler alert. I did do DMT, but it, I did not blast off, which is what I wanted to happen. But the most important thing is that I, like, as you said, I, I have the courage to do it. So. And I, it took me many years, too, to work up to it. I learned about DMT back in, like, ninth or 10th grade when I read the DMT Spirit Molecule book. So this is, we're talking, like, 20, 2009, 2010. You know, so I've known about it all these years. And same thing, like, never really worked up the courage to it. But I've done mushrooms, acid, salvia, all kinds of things. And 
just over the years, a lot of the experiences that I've had, like I've, I've had some near-death experiences, you know, car crashes, some pretty, pretty intense drug-related things, you know, just a lot of these near-death experiences. And so this year in particular, also, I went through a lot emotionally in my life, you know, a lot of things in my, in my personal life. And so I think ultimately I just came to a place in life where, where I wasn't, uh, there, I'd already been through so many things. It was like, what is this going to do to hurt me? You know what I mean? Like, if anything, this is only going to help. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I've already gone through so many things in life that could be way worse than than having an awesome, amazing, spectacular experience. You know? So, and also I'll say, <clears throat> listening to Terrence McKenna talk about DMT and his experiences has been the the number one encouragement for me like literally on my way to go to the ceremony to do the dmt i was listening to him one last time because the way he expresses excitement about it is just so encouraging and it makes me feel like it's going to be all right because if there's anything psychedelics have ever taught me is that for better or for worse the trip always ends that's interesting to to say that. Yeah, I, I feel like I've been on a ongoing perpetual cannabis trip for the past ten years, and I, I have had the feeling recently that that may come to an end, maybe sooner than I initially thought. I don't know where you stand with uh, smoking weed, but I know you you have smoked weed in the past. But I have heard people like Graham Hancock who expressed having like a uh having like a he what he described as a cannabis addiction although i don't personally describe my own relationship with cannabis that way but he said that that after doing dmt it kind of alleviated that uh addiction for him and i know you didn't like pass through the other veil or what have you but was there any sense of like uh Resorting like things that maybe you had partaken in or behaviors changes. I mean, you don't have to get too personal with us, but you know, did you feel that sense of DMT transforming parts of your your life that maybe uh, needed a change? Well, yeah, definitely, and I'll get to that. But also to answer your question as to what led me to it, because that was interesting too, like. As I said earlier, like this entire year has been when so many there have been so many serendipities, synchronicities, and the sh- the short of it is basically I met a friend named Leah at a healing ceremony, and this is something that's kind of new in my life. I've been actively going to healing ceremonies this year, but I met Leah at a, at a healing ceremony, and then months, well, actually before I met Leah, okay, I met this, I met my friend Sundari. At, at a car wash and we connected and I've come to find that she's a, she's a facilitator who leads ceremonies. So I meet her, I go to one of her ceremonies and at her ceremony, I reconnect with somebody who I met years ago, who I used to work with named Jade. So me and Jade connect at that ceremony. And then she has a ceremony that I attend. And at Jade's ceremony, I meet Leah. And then, so me and her are connected. And then, I, I meet another friend named Luna, and Luna is also a spiritual person, and she has the DMT pen. 
And she's like, oh, I have this DMT band. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, my heart sank when she said that because I knew that there was no way I was not going to ask her if I could hit it. But, you know, so I asked her if I could borrow it. And she's like, yeah, definitely. And so I borrowed the DMT band and I had it on me for a few days just staring at it. And I, I, I contacted my friend Leah, who I met through this, you know, process of going to healing ceremonies. And I asked her if she would do a one-on-one ceremony with me because she's a, a professional facilitator. She, she's, you know, guided a lot of ceremonies. So yeah, definitely. So she set up a nice, beautiful space for me. Went to her house over here in Ocean Beach. And I proceeded to go through a series of about four different sessions of hitting the pen like three to six times each session. If you know anything about the pens, the pens are like the, the, like the, the least potent form of it. And so I hit the pen, and I, and I did have some very intense psychedelic moments, but what they say about DMT is true. They're, it's very short-lived. And it's funny because, as you said, you know, you might not have the courage to do it, but by the end of it, I was so disappointed that, like, I, I, I wished that I would have blasted off. So it's like you go into it scared, but then if you don't have that, like, very divine experience you're kind of like oh man like i wish like what was i afraid of like i i wish i would have whatever i was afraid of would have actually happened well and and that's life too i mean not it's necessarily with psychedelics but oftentimes we build up big barrier to things when we're afraid and you know i remember when i was a kid going on a roller coaster for the first time being scared and then being like ah what was i afraid of this is a blast right so i'm sure there's an aspect to to psychedelics where we can get in our own way but i'm curious to know given your first foray with it like do you are you now planning to go back in because like with smoking weed like the first time i smoked weed i didn't get high you know i wasn't necessarily tur- turned away from it i kept at it you know but you have the same feeling with dmt oh yeah absolutely and but now there's like a new depth because now i i'm familiar with the medicine i'm familiar with the taste of it i'm familiar with its onset effects so now there's like a whole new depth because before i had no real context other than the other psychedelics i had done mm. But now I have this this relationship with the DMT specifically. So like, I don't have the naivety anymore, you know, the naivety or whatever. And so, yeah, I definitely have to go back into it. I definitely want to blast off. And I I want to blast off because I guess some part of me, maybe, maybe some weird, I don't even know what to call it, but some part of me wants to leave. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to die, you know, I don't want to die, but, but there is some sort of part of me that is like, that wants to disassociate, dissociate from this particular reality just for a moment, you know? And, and so I, I want to go back to it, but I want to go back to it again in a ceremonial setting because shrooms, you know, psilocybin, LSD, all that stuff, it's, it's not going to do anything for me at least for this purpose, like all those things are going to do for me right now are going to just have me hallucinating here on earth, you know, and I've had enough of that for now. Like I, I, I don't need to hallucinate for eight to 12 hours, just on a loop being told by the medicine that this world is corrupt and everything's evil and it's all messed up, you know, like those downloads, I've already gotten those. I know that, but like, I'm ready to just like, 
leave this universe. I want to go see some whole, whole other stuff. You know, I want to see an entirely new universe, entirely new planet, or whatever it's going to show me. I really don't mind if it shows me hell or heaven. I don't care. I'll see hell. I'll see heaven. But I want to see something other than this boring, mundane, corporatocratic matrix. <laughs> yeah, I can back that. I think that's a a spirit that I can agree with. You know, although maybe I'm not quite there yet in my personal life, it's definitely a feeling I resonate with. And from from when I was younger, I remember thinking acid or, or mushrooms would bring me to that place. And when it didn't, and I experienced exactly what you just described, which is like eight hours of, you know, telling, reminding me of things I already knew, some new insights, but I remember mushrooms particularly feeling that way where it was like it was I'm not necessarily saying I knew all this before I took mushrooms but it almost like unlocked parts of my brain that were there but just maybe dormant you know and yeah. that's partly why I've been hesitant towards something like DMT because I do have this sense of like completion when it comes to my like psychedelic experiences and what those meant to me but yeah embarking on some new journeys is is definitely a potential for 2024 so that's why i wanted to bring it up with you it seems timely maybe a great time to to do something like this given you know it's a winter solstice just a few days ago it's that time of the year when we naturally go inward and you know the the stars are sort of aligned to that purpose in a sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I just got started on, I'm actually hosting my own healing ceremony tomorrow here in San Diego. Oh, beautiful. And yeah, so it's something I want to start incorporating more into my work. And me and my friend Luna, the one who gave me the pen, we had this idea of starting like the DMT ceremony. So that's in the books for next year. We want to hold a private DMT ceremony where we all like sit in a circle and take turns, either one by one or maybe two by two, if we have enough facilitators to help guide. So, I mean, hey, man, you know, it, it, we might be able to facilitate and guide for you or for anybody that might be interested. Yeah, thanks for the invite. I'm certainly open to it. That's part of my 2024 goals is to travel as well. So maybe not this week, but sometime in the future, <laughs> I'll be out there on the West Coast, and that's awesome, man. So on a different note, I'm excited to know your experiences after you go deeper because you're a great writer, so I'm sure whatever you experience on the other side of the veil, we're going to get a cool report about what we found, what you found, hopefully, right? I mean, that is part, yeah. part of the goal, right, as a, a psychonautic journalist in a way, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this trip was, was wild. And I guess, again, go back to your other question, you know, like, did I experience any resets with anything in my life? Yeah, you know, this the, the, doing the DMT was a part of the resetting that I've already been doing. Like, I've been on a major reset this entire year, recalibration in so many ways. And so that was kind of just a part of that. And I didn't really have many major revelations or anything. It was still a fun psychedelic experience nonetheless. But it was a weird day 
really weird day, actually. It started off weird, ended off weird. And after I did the trip, I went to a cafe to do some work on my laptop, some esoteric Eddie work. And as I'm sitting there, I see, um, what's his name, Lucian Graves, the head of the Satanic Temple, walking to the cafe that I was at. And he's not from here, so he, he was traveling at the time. And I'm just like, what the heck? Because, and I was weirded out because my trip was somewhat occultic. Like the things that I did see in my mind were kind of occultic and dark. And so it was just really weird. Like, no, there's no way that's him. And I, I made sure it was him before I went up to him. And, and I, you know, I introduced myself and we got acquainted. And I got his email and I, I told him who I am about myself and my work and asked him if he wanted to be interviewed. And he said, maybe, you know, so I got his contact information or whatever. But it was a really weird, energetic day. Like, Weird little things like that happened throughout the entire day. Um, yeah. Well, I know you recently um, you started researching, or you you concluded researching uh, Moloch, right? Where aren't you prepared to talk about? Because we have a podcast scheduled uh, about a week or so from now. I'm looking forward to that, and I guess my understanding was we were going to be talking about that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, I've been interested in Moloch probably, I mean, at the, since the very beginning of this academic and, and esoteric journey of mine. Well, do you think uh, with, heard... those, with those sorts of, with the knowledge set that comes with researching that subject, do you think that kind of uh, informed your, your trip in, in some way? I mean, meeting that guy is certainly a, a major synchronicity especially considering you don't live like necessarily in his neighborhood right he was visiting so that's i mean yeah that's no short that's no small sink that's a big one <laughs> yeah yeah my life is full of that kind of stuff man like my life is full of these weird synchronicities and and experiences that continually lead me down this path of esotericism and mysticism but yeah, you could say that, you know, I think my entire life has revolved these things. And so it's not, it was weird, but at the same time, not weird, you know, in the sense that like my entire life has been like this. But but yeah, actually one, one cool thing that came out of the DMT trip as far as my work and what I'm going to do with it is I decided to revisit a fiction book that I wrote, partially wrote when I was in early high school. And so I decided to revisit that, and I'm going to completely revamp it and, and finish it. And it's a psychedelic thriller, actually, on following the journey of a young gal who stumbles upon her, uh, uh, another dimension. won't say too much, but it, it was a really cool story, and I was always bummed out that I'd never finished it or never did anything with it. And I've never... I started writing, as, as many of you know, since I was a kid, and... Before I started writing anything serious academically, I, I wrote a bunch of small and, and longer form fiction books. I, I finished I finished like three or four fiction books, probably writing three or four fiction books when, by the time I was like in, in the ninth grade, you know, and so and I never did anything with them. A lot of them are lost. Some of them are just in my mind. So after the trip, I decided, you know what, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do I'm going to revisit any of my fictional works. It's going to be this one. And so I'm revisiting that one. And I'm, um, I got goals to finish it and publish it next year. So next year you might see 
the release of my first ever fiction book. Right on. That's awesome, man. Big things to to uh, set for 2024 and a lot to look forward to. It sounds like that's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've, been, I've only been doing Esoteric Eddie for, for two years now. It feels like a lifetime, you know, but I'm only on year year two going on year three and so much has already happened. Well, and thanks to people like you and everybody else involved in the community. Oh, yeah. Well, you do great work. So it's always awesome to have someone like yourself on the show to get into these topics that so many people want to learn about and don't have necessarily a good resource for these things. Yeah, I love to put a spotlight on, on that kind of stuff. But I'll say, you know, just from what I've learned from our podcast, we have a sort of similar direction in life in the sense that you know in the past couple years we got into this sort of counterculture area of podcasting and we've done really well for ourselves you know i think there's a certain calling that some of us heard prior to the whole pandemic thing and you know it, it manifests itself differently and and it's not just people like us on the mic people listening as well but i think there there are certain you know things that happen in a person's life that prepare them and when they hear that calling whatever it may be for you know, they step up or they don't and you certainly stepped up and that's something that i've taken note of and i think you know it's a reason why you've been successful it's a reason why my show has been successful because we authentically care about this stuff we want to learn about these things we want to expose the truth to people for lack of a better word because you know we're living in a world that's lying to us so on that note what are you expecting for 2024 i mean we've got everything from this epstein list that's supposed to drop to conflicts in multiple different countries there's a civil war in myanmar that nobody's talking about i wonder why probably because there's no money in it for them to talk about it but they're talking about palestine they're talking about ukraine so but what do you think what do you think's coming in 2024 any ideas on on that i mean i i'm not asking you to to be you know esoteric nostradamus here but but what do you think Man, man, 2024. Well, <clears throat> Zechariah Sitchin, the author of all the Anunnaki books, predicted that there would be a nuclear war in 2024. Really? Uh, and he, yeah, yeah. In his last book, The End of Days, which was the last of his Earth Chronicle series on the Anunnaki, he predicted that there would be a there would be a nuclear war in the Middle East, starting off in the Middle East next year. And he came to that conclusion because he believed that time repeats itself, history repeats itself, and we are stuck in loops, per se, uh, due to the nature of everything. And he believes that there was a nuclear war in 2024 B.C., and that nuclear war was the war that decimated Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, so he believed that that Anunnaki war was going to play out again in 2024 A.D., and so, I mean, hey, is it going to happen? Maybe, maybe not. You know, there's been so many Nostradamus-like predictions over the years. Me, personally, I'm always under the impression that, like, nothing's really going to happen. Like, yeah, some wars might pop off here and there. 
but I, I don't think any extinction level things are ever going to happen. I don't think like nuclear war is really, really going to happen. I just think all that stuff is just kind of perpetuated for different agendas. I believe that even though the people that run and regulate this world are corrupt and, and sinister and vile, I think that they, it's still in their best interest to keep most of this running efficiently. You know, they, they can afford to destroy certain parts of the world for certain agendas, but I still believe it's still in their best interest to keep most of this running efficiently. You know, because again, I mean, at the very least, if they don't have us, they don't have slaves. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and that, and that begs the question, what do they do when the slaves get too smart for their virtual chains? Do they fake an apocalypse and or, or cause an apocalypse so that they can survive in, in their bunkers while the rest of us perish and... You know, they've done, they've run the numbers, they know a statistical amount of humans will always survive, because we always do survive these cataclysms. I mean, look at the long history of humanity from all these archaeological digs. I mean, Zachariah Sitchin, I'm incredibly excited that you're coming back on the show so soon, because we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, at length. I know you've done uh, a lot of research into Zachariah Sitchin. But that's incredible. I, you know, just earlier on the show, we were talking about this same idea of uh, cycles, and Strauss Howe, the Ge- Strauss Howe generational theory, which was a theory put forward by two gentlemen, one named Neil Howe and the other named William Strauss, and they said exactly kind of what you said. But it, it, according to their theory, history and generations of people go through this eighty-year cycle. And 80 years ago was World War II, right? So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing those sorts of moves being made. Brazil recently changed its currency to swap with China as the yen instead of the dollar and Russia and all that. They're all connected and Russia united with Belarus. They got, you know, Finland joining NATO. We got everything going on with conflicts. And yeah, just, I mean, looking at this Wikipedia page of events in 2023, there's tons of geopolitical news items that seem to at least conform to the idea that, yeah, they're they're posturing for World War Three, so I don't like to think in those terms, and I definitely don't like to set those kind of intentions. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm sure you feel the same way. You're a very spiritual guy, uh, and I, I feel like you know, collectively with these podcasts, we can actually wake people up and turn the tide against that propaganda that we normally get from the news. So. No doom and gloom here, folks. I think really by listening to a show like this at a time like this, you're actually helping re reorganize the symbiosis of the collective consciousness, right? When the mass media tries to inject all this fear, we got to, you know, equally combat that with open-minded, sensible, rational sort of, I don't know, not placation, but, you know, just wisdom to know that humans have endured worse and these governments are essentially seemingly posturing to, you know, manipulate 
how the economies work and so who knows who's going to be earning money in world war three but let's just hope that it's it doesn't come to pass this year right <laughs> yeah it feels like it is like i would i wouldn't doubt it you know it feels like all the cards are lining up in that direction i think it's just the hopefulness that i have within me the confidence more than anything that i have in me in, in my fellow brothers and sisters like i just I, I could definitely see some crazy, like, EMP thing happening that, like, kind of sets the, you know, sets the domino into effect. I could see some craziness definitely happening. You know, I mean, I'm not going to put it past them. They tried to do the whole COVID thing. Didn't work. You know, but I can definitely see some craziness occurring. You know, some, some really gnarly stuff happening here and there. But, again, it's just going to be pockets of things happening around the world. And we can't forget that the world is made up of, of us. You know, I'm a part of the world. You're a part of the world. Everybody listening is a part of the equation. So the result they're seeking can only happen as if every piece in the equation goes along with it. Right. And so I can tell you right now, I sure as hell ain't going along with it. <laughs> right. You know? So just that, uh, that alone lets me know that whatever they're planning to do is going to fail time and time again. And that is written in every single spiritual book there, there ever was. For whatever, for whatever it means, these people are going to fail and fail and fail because they're hurting themselves more than anything. Like, really, man, like, why? It's just so ridiculous. Let's, let's just take this into example, right? Like, this is so ridiculous. China wants to invade Taiwan, right? China wants to annex Taiwan, invade Taiwan, and we all we all say that if that were to happen, that would be one of the things that could kick off World War Three. But China only wants to invade Taiwan. At least one of the major reasons they want to is because Taiwan, 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 it will become Taiwan. No, but Taiwan is one of the leading producers in the semiconductor business alongside the United States, meaning that they are one of the leading microchip producers. And so the microchip industry, the superconducting industry, is only profitable and valuable because we, the people, love our gadgets, phones, laptops, video games, whatever. So it all trickles back down to us. Everything that's occurring is just, it's all just human plight. It's all just human behavior. And so it's funny. These guys at the top are killing the world because we here at the bottom are demanding products that keep us distracted yet entertained that we love. So it's really all just this silly, ridiculous game that we're just playing with each other. And so I'm just like laughing at it, to be honest. So whatever happens, it's going to be a ridiculous, unnecessary, and totally preventable fucking mess. Mm -hmm. Well, all the more reason for us to keep our eyes and ears on the ground so we'll know what actually happened when they send their flunky news reporters and all the uh, editor cameramen to come and chop up what actually happened. Uh, 
nuclear minds will surely prevail. And Eddie, I look forward to having you on the show real soon. Folks, go and watch Esoteric Eddie TV. Check out that DMT breakdown because there's more to the story than what we're able to cover in just this short segment. And yeah, brother, I love talking to you. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. And luckily for me, we don't have to wait too long for that. So I'll talk to you then. Anything you want to say before we wrap this one up? No, man, just excited to be here. Thank you again. Thank you to everybody. Happy New Year. Let's just continue doing what we do, man, having fun and waking up those third eyes. Absolutely. Aho. All right, brother. Thank you, and let's get on with the next segment. A new startup company called Prophetic claims it has developed a device to be worn when sleeping that it claims will notify a person when they are in a dream state and allow them to turn it into a lucid dream where you can fly, you can make a building rise out of the ground, you can talk to a dream characters, and you can explore. They plan to market it as an aid for helping with PTSD, reducing anxiety, and improving mood, confidence, motor skills, and creativity. Weird. Yeah, I think that's something we can expect more of in 2024, where technology meets the, you know, consciousness fringes, we'll say. Because I was going to say supernatural or paranormal, but... Dreams dreams aren't necessarily paranormal. They can be, and uh, astral or lucid dreams, you know, certainly feel paranormal. But if every human can dream, how how paranormal is that, right? So I think it's yeah. what what it really is. It's mysterious because we we still, you know, as much as we think we know about the world, we know very little about the dream realm. So. Maybe technology will help us get there. I don't know. Uh, I'm more of a, you know me, I'm more of a fan of uh, of the old school way of doing it. Not that I don't like technology. Hell, I got three devices in front of me. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely something I'm skeptical of, you know, where the mind and technology meet. Yeah, uh, well, the name of the company is called Prophetic, so that's interesting. And, yeah, like, neural technology to, like, tap in to the mind, which they're trying to do, you know, all over the board in different tech companies. And when I was at the airport just a couple days ago, uh, I saw my very first chip hand-reading paying device at the Seattle airport yeah they it was near me at the whole foods yeah i've never seen that that's crazy right like i'm 32 years old living in the world doing things and i'd never fucking seen that and i fly a lot and i travel a lot so i was just kind of taken aback i i assumed that they you know had made their way <laughs> across the world at this point because i know in europe uh you know Everywhere you go at this point just takes tap pay. You can go be a little mom pa bread shop, you know, and like you take tap pay. Everybody pays with tap over there. Um, and so I was surprised. But anyways, 
Yeah, uh, wearing things when you sleep, like how small is it? You know, is it a? Is, I'm assuming it's not a huge device because that would be uncomfortable to sleep with. But how the fuck are they? They're just gonna allow you a notify you while you're sleeping that you are in a dream state. It, like gives you an electric pulse, maybe that just it goes like voom, voom, and then it like taps you into your dream a little bit. You put it right, like just like on your like lower, lower abdomen, right next to the the sweet parts down there, and it <laughs> shocks your root chakra. Like what go? What is happening? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't find the entire article. Just we just got that little snippet. But that's a good question. How do they wake you up? Because there are w- techniques that you can train yourself um, in your waking life to. Uh, habits yeah. you can learn and that, that will wake you up in your your dream to to create that lucid experience but yeah it's uh it's wild stuff man i mean hey who knows maybe in 2020 something we'll have uh some sort of device that will record the dream experience so that <laughs> you know this whole problem of uh remembering your dreams will be solved right because you know really all you can do for that is uh write your dreams down and uh, try to be as conscious as you can in that moment after waking up. You're buzzing right now. What are you thinking? But the problem is, bro, this is the fucking problem, right? If this is happening and this is a piece of technology that comes to the plane of our like, like consumerist world where we are uploading our dreams now and recording ourselves and having devices on while we sleep that means not only is every moment of your tracked of your living day while you're awake being tracked right through like different ai sources and whatever cookies you're accepting when you fucking browse and scroll and flick and swipe and whatever but now we're opting in to doing it when we sleep which can inevitably whatever fine print they want to put in this technology is going to some sort of cloud database somewhere somehow and everything's being recorded you know if it's on your device it can easily be put to wherever (laughs) through any terms and conditions that you may click on so Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 
energetic food for the parasitic forces of this world that feed off of fear and suffering. The very emotions this false matrix we're living in aims to extract. It sends down rigid square waves at us via the Saturn moon matrix and creates an interdimensional light trap which attempts to recycle us back into another incarnation. Particle accelerators, they got atoms in them. They're moving at the speed of light. Mass collision. EM radiation causes aneurysms. The fracking of the planet causes cataclysms. I don't believe in science, I don't back religion. This mass awakening is taking place, they have to listen. I'm making fast decisions, I've got a brand new vision. We're in a consciousness illusion with a massive prison. I'm seeing visions of apocalyptic landscapes. Freemasons doing rituals and gang rapes. They're doing blood sacrifice and it's all mad mates. They're depopulating humans at a fast rate. They're playing God, they modify the weather. But stay strong, don't be horrified with terror. It's concerning that altering reality when particles are Alright, folks, we just got off the phone with our man, Esoteric Eddie, and I'm so psyched to have our next caller already with us. He is the man, the myth, the legend. You know him. It's the Donut here. Yo, yo. Back again, and him and I, we just did a podcast this past month, so it hasn't been that long, but I'm happy to have you back on the show. This is becoming a tradition. I think I had you on last year around the same time to talk about what was to come for 2023, and I don't know if you had a chance, but what do you think? Did Were we on point? <laughs> I think so, you know, like, shout out to Astro and we did a live show, me and you, on Dragon Lines right. most recently, and we're coming up onto the year of the dragon. And I would say that 2023, we were definitely on point. Like, one of the things that I was saying was it was the year of the rabbit, right. and the rabbit is on the moon. And Everything in Hollywood connected to the rabbit is connected to aliens as Bugs Bunny, the first abductee by Marvin the Martian, by an alien. And we can just see the symbolism all over the place with the rabbit. It's going into the dragon year, so got to look well, out for a lot of You know what's interesting as you say that, because, you know, the Chinese New Year doesn't begin until what, like March, right? They usually do that in March, so... And I think the the word on the street is that Obama's next film that he's funding after this Leaving the World Behind apocalyptic debacle film that they put out, laced with propaganda. I'm sure you yeah. talked about that. But yeah. their, their next film, to your point about the moon, is about the Betty and Barney Hill case. So here we are. They're like concluding the year of the rabbit with that kind of alien story. Oh, wow. So I did not know that, but that doesn't surprise me at all. Now, the Year of the Dragon starts February 10th, and it ends January 28th, which is 128, which is the day that the space shuttle, like, exploded. This one number is like in a lot of decoding because that Leave the World Behind movie was released on 12-8, which is 128. And Matthew Perry, who was in that 
friends, right? He died on 1028, which is 128. On Julia Roberts' birthday on 1028, 128, the, the towers fell at 1028 a.m. So we can see that there's a code if it's organic or if it's planned looking into it and we were just in 2023 and there's the 23 enigma with all the different 23 things you know that show up everywhere dude yeah and that's the that's the big thought that i had that i wanted to ask you about is where did that 23 numerology come through this year and and what can we expect from that number 24 cuz i know 23 is super significant there's even a movie you know the where jim carrey plays a we'll call him a paranoid conspiracy theorist who i guess they were trying to portray in, in some way how that would make your life unravel which i don't know how true that stance today it seems like the conspiracy theorists are keeping it together while the sheep are unraveling but uh yeah the 23 is certainly you know talked about but what about 24 is there a, something to that obviously there's 24 hours in a day so there's kind of like a conclusive sense to that 24 uh-huh yeah, so the 24, all the, like, lockdown measures were based off of, like, Greek alphabets. If you're looking into the, the symbolism, and there's the alpha and the omega. And omega is the 24th letter. And so I'm thinking there's going to be an omega event, which is connected to the collapse of the dollar. Because on the dollar, you got the alpha, the first president, and the omega logo, the alpha and the omega. And so, like, the 23, for example, Julius Caesar was stabbed 23 times. That was a conspiracy to stab him 23 times. If you add up, like, 9-11-2001, like, I guess that equals 23. So we just do 24 also X because in the alphabet, the 24th letter is X, and Obama... Right after he released his film, he went to a classroom that resembled iPad Go. It looked just like iPad Go. And we remember George Bush did the same thing, and that's kind of where they came up with that video at. But this lady is wearing a T-shirt that says it's all about the experience. And in America, on April 8th, we'll be having a eclipse over... My exes are from Texas, the ex over America. And we could just see that that plays a big role. I mean, if we go back to the moon and sun cults, the moon is like to keep track of time. Even Texas itself is kind of shaped like an X if you look at the four separate corners of Texas kind of shape has a similar <laughs> I don't know I mean uh-huh. maybe I'm reading a little too much into it but yeah no that's weird so. that's weird and I mean how many states have the letter X yeah that's the 28th state too so like right well it also being the... no go ahead yeah no I just I, I look into all the dead I try to stretch as far as possible get all back home and you get some nuggets by doing that well and then the other thing that comes to mind is 
X, the recent new name of Twitter, right? Which the 20, 2023 would be the 24th year in the 21st century, right? So there was even some 24 symbolism going on with twenty the year 23, potentially. So now we're heading into the 25th year of the 21st century. A lot of 20 numbers to bounce around here. But yeah, I, I imagine we're going to be seeing... Who knows? I mean, what has unfolded in 23, maybe finding some conclusions, we'll hope, in 24. Maybe not the beginning of World War III, but maybe the end of these conflicts that seem to preclude something like a World War III. Yeah, well, you know, I am a filmmaker in a lot of aspects. It's like that's what I always wanted to do was filmmaking. And when you look at the scripted reality that's on the news, which is different in everybody's reality bubble, if you're on the left or on the right, you live in a total isolated reality bubble. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're in the dead internet bubble, I guess some people talk about, that if you're in, in another country, you're getting different media than other people in different countries. Now, when you do a movie review before the film is put out, they do test screenings where everyone sits and watch the film, but the filmmakers don't watch the film. They watch the reaction of the audience. And that's something I do to kind of get a pulse of where society's at. And here in Arizona, at least, people are pissed off. Everyone has headphones in their ears. No one smiles or says hello. Maybe if there's another place in America that's not like that, they just... What I've noticed out here, that there is a lot of discontent, and all it would take is one of these crazy, life-changing events to happen um, to manipulate the masses into any agenda that they want. But, I don't know, it seems like everybody's on edge out here. And, 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 like, they don't even know it. Like, everybody's out doing stuff. They, they don't think that they're on edge, but... I can see it, but they are. I'm on edge right now with what's happening in my apartment. Yeah, there's all sorts of chaos going on, but no, yeah, I understand what you mean by that. I think most people have checked out, you know, they're sort of, as you said, wearing headphones in public, not, you know, engaging with people, which, mm-hmm. I'm, which I'm guilty of. I wear my headphones all the time, but mostly because I just, I'm obsessed with listening to podcasts. But I still keep one ear open, you know, so I could engage in conversations if they come up. But, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think you have a point there. I think so, because I was just in Mexico, and the culture is so much different than, and, uh, America, where I'm at, and like the suburbs, and I've been in Vegas, California. What part of Mexico Arizona, did you go to? Cabo San Lucas. Okay, cool. Which is like the peninsula, but there's a, a difference in attitude there. Like people will talk and smile and say hello or help you if you don't know where to go, and that like doesn't happen 
much out here. Yeah, it's a shame. I think it's it's definitely a symptom of social media. People have their own kind of micro culture of friends that now the world that our parents and grandparents lived in where you made your friends with your two eyes and out of the people who were around you, now people are doing that through their screens, right? So I think that's a big reason why in in public, especially here in America, you know, with all the social media BS, the fear, division. I mean, I don't know. I, as a white person myself, you know, we're I like I don't know how to <laughs> speak on the experience of of people of other races, and I don't think I should. I think they should speak for themselves. But there's definitely like a undeserved sense of division that's been fostered because of social media maybe in the past few years that I don't really even notice anywhere else but social media like in public at least where I live you know there aren't like racial feuds you know like if there's a a person of a different race I treat them the same way I would treat someone of the same race I think that's kind of the standard or around the world but if you look at the news, you look at maybe hot spots. I think I'm just bitter because like three years ago, everybody just like, is like, oh, good. Like, it just, it was like a reality call. I feel like I've been going through a bunch of reality checks lately. Mm. I don't know. But it's got me all like aggravated and I don't have a much serenity since I've been back, but it'll pass. And now you noticed that in Cabo San Lucas that there was more of a sense of like community and like fraternity, that kind of thing, where people are just like friendly and more like open to conversation and things like that. It's very subtle, but yeah, community like there was much, much bigger. But it's subtle, like the test screening of a of a film. Like I, I'm an observer, so when I went to Asia or Mexico, I just observe the personalities of how people interact. And coming back here, like Arizona, just the the way that people interact is much different. And it's not that it's here. There's like good qualities and bad qualities like all over the world. But it on the movie script being played out, I think that America is like on edge and it's like the fall of Babylon that people always talk about. I'm totally seeing that like right now. Yeah. But it could just be my perspective. Maybe I'm just being cranky. No, well, hey, I don't live in Arizona, so I personally can't, you know, really relate. But from what I've heard of Arizona, it seems like it's a majority conservative state. It seems like there's some progressive cities. It seems like the government had some some corruption, possibly, with the whole election or, or maybe I'm thinking of a different state. But didn't they have like a very outspoken governor and and something happened with her election and she also was like 
talking about the presidential election being fraudulent, right? Right, yeah. And it's funny because during the Biden election, I just draw, like stopped paying attention to all of it, and I read that CIA gateway files, like the gateway process where they were going in like I don't know the word for it. Not act, like it's like actual production where they go into other rooms. Yeah, remote viewing. Remote viewing. That's the word. Yeah. So I read. I I didn't. Because I know everybody is watching TV in the election. And I was like, I want to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. So I just like, had these binarial beats in my headphones. And I was just staring at my pool. And I read the, like, the whole gateway process that the CIA released. And so I, was like, I just felt like I was in another reality. So I don't really know what's going on with the politics here. Well, that could be that could be why you're feeling isolated yourself in a sense, but it doesn't necessarily seem like a negative form of isolation. It seems more like you're going into like a hermitage, like a personal kind of like meditative state, which I totally encourage. I've done that myself periodically, and it's... I mean, I don't even know why I brought up politics, because I don't keep in touch with politics, but maybe just like the state of a state could be determined by, you know, what's going on politically. I I would say so. I mean, the state I live in has always pretty much been run by the same party, so I I don't know necessarily what it would be like to live in a state where you have like a conservative governor but then like liberal cities that seems like that would make for more like people's lives being affected more like things where people would be like yeah screw the government and this is why i'm sure there's reasons in every state for that but just you know it's interesting to talk about here in 2023 i mean to take things international there was a guy named Nujin Wan Phuc, who was res- he resigned from presidency in Vietnam after there's a whole scandal that took place with him selling the old jabby Jews over there. And that's probably, like, not a good way to not say vaccine, jabby Jew. I should just edit that all out together. Jeez, that's terrible. <laughs> that's even worse than just saying jab. I don't know why I said that. But, but no, it the... It's, what's that? It sounds cool, though. It does kind of sound cool, but yeah, I don't know. I heard this guy's name, Nujin Wan Fuck, and I thought, how could, how have, how have I not heard of this story? And I wonder what's going on in the rest of the world sometimes. And when you hear, yeah, when you hear stuff like that, it's definitely curious. But that number, three twenty-two, came up a couple times last year, especially since it was. 322 reversed, 2023, right? So, right, Miley Cyrus, both of her music videos had that timestamp at 322 on it. Mm, mm. And there was. And she opened up the New Year's. Who is that? Miley Cyrus. Right, right, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
And she's dating this guy now from like some band and his name is Max or something with two X's. So whenever I see the double cross, I always think of the cross of Lorraine and the Templars. Hmm. Yeah. We need to we need to dive further into this stuff, don't I? Yeah. So what are you going to be looking at? I've got a lady that I'm supposed to be talking with in January over the dragon lines, how each person's birth chart, like where you're born, certain locations on the ley lines are better for maybe relationships or business. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I look forward to hearing that. I've heard a little bit about that before. I don't know enough about it to have a statement on it, but yeah, I'm interested to to know what you learn from that. Because one thing that I've kind of gathered about ley lines is they're 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 not as well known as you would think. Like there there's tons of them that for the most part aren't aren't like measured yet, so to speak. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I'm curious to know, like, where, how she goes about, you know, because, like, if somebody is born, like, in the middle of somewhere where maybe, I don't know, there aren't any ley lines, like, maybe there's more ley lines than, than you know of, I I don't know, like, that's... You can have something to do with, like, where Jupiter is when you're born, and, like, where is that over, sort of. I don't know yet, but I'd be interested to learn about it. Well, that's a big part of astrology, right, is the whole position of the planets affecting you at birth, right? And people always are like, oh, that's crazy, but... Think about it, like, you can get a sunburn, and the planet that we call the sun, and the star that we call the sun, rather, is, is however far away as they tell us it is, so, I don't know, I, I think there's some truth to the astrology thing, obviously the whole, the whole concept of space, take that for what you will, there's differing opinions on it, I like to think that we're still not sure and that the science community is wrong because they seem to be but who knows you know when it comes to astrology it's definitely one of those areas that some in the conspiracy community really dislike the subject and others it factors in heavily into their research uh-huh yeah it's pretty funny because <laughs> like no matter how far you look into stuff nothing static everything keeps changing so like mm-hmm. if you like the whole pair like if you believe in space like the whole paradigm if you're a scientist has been crushed from like their new telescopes that they make so everything that they believe 10 years ago is different now so it's just like no matter what things are always changing it seems like No doubt. Yeah, well, and that's that's what, I mean, if we were to believe what 
we're told about the planets and how they move. That's what's interesting about astrology, because theoretically we could use it to understand the past and the future, right? If the planet's movements are, are predictable and we can witness them, then there's some, and they have some effect on our lives, then I think that kind of plays into something that we talked about just now and also with esoteric eddy which is like the cycles of the earth and how you know different eras in human history repeat themselves in different intervals right right yeah it's, it's interesting it's like a lot of the symbology goes back to astrology and i like to look at all the symbols I love the symbols, and speaking of symbols, you sent me uh, the, one of the nicest gifts I've ever gotten from any podcast, just out of sheer coolness and uh, uniqueness, but I'm currently sporting one of the stickers that you sent me on my uh, lighter leash here. Oh, nice. Yeah, the VHS box. I do those once a year, and they're fun. They, I like lose money making them, but they're cool. They're, it's like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll make that money back in 2024. It is the Green Wood Dragon year, which I don't know. Wasn't it the Black Water Rabbit, right? Yeah. Well, I think I'm really, uh, it should be a, a prosperous year for me because I'm a dragon. Okay, cool. So, I don't see nothing but good stuff. But we're like this retrograde, so maybe that's why everything's all crappy for me right now. But the thing is, is I don't rely on that stuff. I just learn about it. I just do what I live my life. Yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely a degree to which maybe you could take it too far, but it's cool to see where it factors in, especially in hindsight when you see where there's like a pattern, you know? Yeah, I, I myself, I think, I don't know what, because I'm a dog in Chinese Zodiac, so I don't know what that relates to as far as the dragon goes, but I know that there are different like correspondences based on you know, whether you're a dog, you'll prefer, like, horse, dragon, tiger, so to speak, right? And different signs have, like, other, not, like, the opposite of corresponding, so oppositionary signs. So that's interesting. On a personal level, you'll probably, yeah, that'll be, that'll be sweet to, to find out. I wonder what the, the green wood implies, because I know that elements hever um hever <laughs> they factor heavily into into the whole zodiac thing which is not really there in the western astrology but uh, i think it, may, it could have been in the past i don't know necessarily you know, there seems to be so many variations of western astrology as well so but with the eastern astrology there's the whole concept of the five elements that play into it, hence the wood part of the dragon, and then there's a color also that they associate with it. So, but green wood seems like prosperous. It seems like a good time to sow seeds and things like that. I don't know, or maybe the so seed sowing happened last year, and this is when it'll bloom. 
Oh, good. Yeah, I'm definitely going to focus and, you know, work hard and make a bunch of cool projects and research and videos and just take it to the next level. No doubt. And, I'll, you know, I'm going to do a bunch of research on, on that. And, well, I might even, like, I want to go to Asia, too. Asia is really cool. Any particular country? Well, I really like Singapore. When I went to Singapore, I really liked it. But it's very boozy. So I don't think I can afford that right now. <laughs> but I'd like to go to Vietnam. Would be really cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Singapore seems cool. Vietnam as well. Yeah, I would love to go to Asia. I just want to travel around the world, but... I don't know if that's really in the cards anytime soon, but all the more reason for folks to get on my Patreon, your Patreon, support us, because you know how we are. We're going to travel these places, and you're not going to just get the typical YouTuber travel bullshit. We're not going to just go to tourist locations or, you know, weird destinations. We're going to go to the conspiracy, esoteric, that kind of stuff's going to find you when you visit a place like Singapore or Vietnam. You know what I'm saying? Like you're... And it's like leaving the, that reality bubble. Like when I went to Mexico, it, like I saw a different culture, just different mannerisms. Oh, like, hey, I don't know where I am. Oh, here, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing to help you find where you're going. Like that doesn't happen out here much. And so uh, also something I noticed was the military presence was very heavy out there and i met up with a friend who lived out there and he was like whoa what's going on he says she's been there for nine years and he's never seen the military presence like it was when i was out there in mexico and then we got this yeah and then we got the military like type presence here for new year's because i was there for christmas time but it seems like the governments know something about to go down, and I call it the Omega event. I think there's going to be some sort of Omega event uh, in the beginning of the year for January, and that is a 24, 24th Omega. And I don't know what that is, but that's what I think. Okay. Well, shit, Donut. This has been a, a, a brief, but interesting conversation as always I love, I love your perspective on things and it's cool to catch you after this jaunt into mexico and yeah let's hope that if this omega event does come to pass that not a lot of people are hurt or if none at all hopefully and you know god bless anybody who you know is unfortunately caught yeah. up in something like that well, however it comes to pass but yeah, let's hope the Omega event is is what the Q people always talk about, which is these secret these secret courts coming and arresting everybody. When's that gonna happen? <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know anything about that, but well, I've, heard, I've heard about I've heard about it. Like you can't like I was doing my videos and I got I didn't know what that movement was, but they were all up in my comments and I didn't know what it was, so I learned learned about that like if i'm old school like jordan maxwell david ike right, you know right. stuff like that 
Right, that's a lot of the 4chan meme forum sphere of of 2016 and 2020 years, but yeah, <laughs> no, no comment necessary there. We've done shows on that topic in the past, but yeah, Donut, always good to have you on the show, brother, and I look forward to the Thank next you. one, and I look forward to whatever comes to pass for your show as far as new content whether you travel to Singapore or not, I think that's awesome, you know. Maybe you'll find some Illuminati news out there in Singapore. So, But anyways, we'll catch you next time. And folks listening, let's move on to the next segment. Shout out to Donut. You know where to find him. Any, yeah, yeah. Any, any links you want to shout before we, we you can find Yeah, you can find me at DOE. Dash N-U-T dot com. Donut. Thank you, brother. Love you. stories that we read and the interviews thus far but um this year 2023 i noticed a ton of lake monster sightings and i don't know if you know just how many lake monsters there are but since we do this esoteric america show i figured we could just go ahead and read off a list of all the lake monsters what do you think of that oh wow yeah, I'm very curious. I want to, I want to tally up how many lake monsters are out there flopping around, their sweet little salty bellies slapping on the water. Well, apparently, there's some people that have taken a lot of uh, painstaking attention to this subject, and some great theories have come from that work. Uh, one of them is that these creatures operate thanks to uh, underground cave networks that. You know, there's this entire massive ocean. Oh my God, that is glorious! There's this entire that is so glorious entire massive ocean underneath the uh, underneath the Earth. Really, I mean, there's why, tons of examples why, of it. Why, why have I not thought of this before? <laughs> that is possibly Eure- one of did the you just most have a Eureka. That is no, literally, that is one of the most beautiful things to conceptualize when you were thinking about the depths of this potential hollow earth these realms that exist within right to think that they are centered around sacred bodies of water that seemingly have any any recorded like no amount of body of water is is like really truly like recorded and let out on like a on a, on just like a normal level on a level of us you know, peebs down here, right? Like whatever type of like footage or uh, gnosis that like the Navy has, or like these crazy government technologies, you know, even when you're on Google maps, you can go up and get straight up to like almost a molecular level of your neighbor's front lawn through zooming in on fucking Google maps. But every time you go to water, it's not, it doesn't do water. Right. So it's like, we have no documentation of the, of what 
the bottoms of look like. And all it needs to be is, you know, one area of a certain crater or lake or something, a part of the ocean, whatever, where it just connects through and boom, if you're a water creature, you know exactly where the fuck they are. It's genius. (laughs) It's beautiful. Yeah. I did just have an Eureka moment. That's super fucking cool. Do you have a book? Is this a, is this a lake monster book that you're flipping through here? Well, unfortunately, no. Although there are lake monster books that I'm planning on purchasing. Uh, If anybody wants to buy Roman and I a sweet little New Year's gift, I do have a a Amazon shopping list on my website, so you can go and uh, buy a book and send it to us without. I I don't think you know. Yeah, I will cream my corn if anybody buys us a book set, my corn will set be 100 creamed set that up for rising from the ashes too i'll link it in the description but uh, i don't think it's in the description already but anyways yes this is a book but it's not about lake monsters it's atlas obscura's explorer's guide to the world's hidden wonders so great nice. great book great website definitely a great resource for our esoteric america show um but they have a map here of the lake monsters of the United States. So let's let's strap in. I'm going to list off some of these. And here's the interesting thing. There are different variations of lake monsters. Did you know that? So we have Nessies, right? Lake, the, the typical lake monster. But we also have giant turtles. Ooh. Webbed. Yes. Webbed toad and web-fingered hominids, goat men, monster fish, winged alligator snakes, horse-headed alligators, horned alligators, giant killer octopuses, horned beasts, giant eel pigs, and aquatic lynx monsters. So let's hit this let's hit this list here. So back to the the classics. Let's start with the classics, okay? Because everybody has seen that classic uh, Lake um, Loch Ness Lake Monster photo, right? You know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, the the, the Loch Ness Lake photo. Right. Well, recently in 2023, there was a a couple Loch Ness monster sightings. Uh, a guy, an Irish guy, has been on the case. But today we're talking about American lake monsters and there was an American lake monster sighting, at least we think so, uh, on Sonar. A guy named Scott Thurber published um, on his Facebook this Sonar image of what looks like a plesiosaur, this classic lake monster, Loch Ness monster shape. So very compelling stuff. Uh, I will put this photo somewhere for people to see it on Telegram. But let's get to the list here. We got... Uh, of course, Lake Champ from Lake Champlain in Vermont. That's where this comes from. This photograph, this sauna, sonogram, uh, or yeah, sonograph, right? Um, <clears throat> but Lake Champ is just one of many American lake monsters that resemble uh, this Nessie sort of plesiosaur shape. We've got the Flathead Monster from Flathead Lake, Montana. The Twilight Dragon of Payette Lake, Idaho. Uh, we've got Isabella from Bear Lake, Idaho. We've got Tessie from Lake Tahoe, California. There's Hamlet in Lake Elsinore, California. 
There's the Skinfin in Lake Powell, Arizona. We've got Skinfin. We've got Smeddy in Lake DeSmet, Wyoming. Uh, we got Blue Dilly in Lake Dillon, Colorado. <laughs> uh, Peppy from Lake Pepin, Minnesota. Obo Jokey from Obajoki Lake in Iowa. Then we got Rocky from Rocky or from Rock Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, Lake Michigan Monster, and of course Lake Michigan. Uh, Bessie in Lake Erie, uh, Champ, of course. Then there's Poco in the Poco Moonshine Lake in Maine. Then there's the Gloucester Sea Serpent <laughs> in the Gloucester Harbor, which is that's like Cape Cod, I'm pretty sure, or somewhere. Uh, no, not Cape Cod, but somewhere along the northern Massachusetts coast. Um, and we've got Kipsy in the Hudson River, uh, Chessie in the Chesapeake Bay, Normie uh, in Lake Norman, North Carolina, Altamaha in Altamaha River, Tarpy in Lake Tarpon, Florida, and then the Muck Monster of Lake Worth Lagoon, Florida. And there's others, uh, the, the, there's a lake monster in New Jersey that I heard about recently. I don't remember the name, but most of these lake monsters get their name from the lake itself. What do you think of that, Roman? Had you had any clue there's that many lake monsters across the country? There's either that many lake monsters or there's that many people that need and want there to be lake monsters. Though I'm on the side of airing that there are, in fact, I don't know, fucking tunnels. There are tunnels that are found all throughout the country, massively, uh, massively miles wide and everything. You know, I mean, like it doesn't, yeah. I mean, like it doesn't, uh, have to be impossible for there to be, well, tunnels connecting waterways as well. Stick with me here. Cause this is where I think the Lake monster thing gets really interesting. Cause like I said before, there's not just this classic plesiosaur Loch Ness monster shape. You're a Washingtonian, right? Absolutely. So have you ever been to Lake Chelan or Lake Chelane? Lake, C- Lake Chelan. Chelan. C-H-E-L-A-N. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Okay. Lake Chelan. So there's Lake there's the Lake Chelan winged alligator snake. And I mean, it basically it kind of looks like a dragon to me. But right there <laughs> in your own home state, brother. Uh, you got a, a the Lake Chelan uh, monster, but um, yeah, it's not just that. There's the horse-headed alligator from Utah. There's a goat man in Lake Worth, Texas. A monster fish in Arkansas. A I'm hor- curious about this goat man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Let's go over to the Texas chapter and see if there's more about that. And why is the goat man in the lake? You'd think a goat man wouldn't be considered like a lake monster, right? I don't know, dude. I think lakes, I mean, this underground connection is is really wild, but lakes are sacred and water is a portal itself. Like water is a vessel for, uh, you know, like spiritual energies in my opinion you know scrying has been a a part of magical history 
um, for hundreds of years, if not more, uh, dating back thousands to ancient cultures using water as sacred holy places. And, you know, we can call them these monsters or we can call these, uh, you know, ancient beings or, you know, like pseudo deities or something along those lines. Like these could have been things that have been sightings for hundreds, if not thousands of years by ancient ancestors. And it's just our modern way of telling it. I mean, how many people are actually going to these lakes? You know, how I mean, the like the whatever population of the town that lives there, how many of them are actually going, spending time and doing any research at all? So it's like, you know, there's only a certain amount of people and those people might be just so lucky to see something along those lines. And just because there's not everybody seeing it, because not everybody's out there spending their time to do it, they're going to get labeled as, you know, kooky or whatever and what have you. But, you know, it's just because that we as humans, we just don't spend time doing things like that anymore. And I think that's that's part of the problem. Well, I think a, a ton bit. of, there's a ton of fishermen out there. There's a ton of boaters and, you know, I think fishermen are more likely to see these types of creatures given how long they spend on the lake, you know. But the half man, half goat that's also dubbed the Lake Worth Monster is uh, described as being part man, part goat with scales and long clawed fingers. Nuts. Uh, in 1969, uh, the local citizens started seeing this creature in July, and newspapers reported the alleged sightings, one in which the monster landed on a man's car after jumping out of another, out of a tree, and another story in which it threw an automobile tire at a group of people. Newspapers also published a photograph purportedly taken of the creature by uh, Alan Pastor, and locals began driving out to the lake at night to get a look at it. So, yeah, this is a very interesting thing. There's also been another um, an interview with that guy who took the photo who said he described it as a man-sized white furball. So, Whoa. Huh. And, you know, there's a, I'm forgetting the name of these animal hybrids that have been found being created in, in different uh, uh, military bases. Um you know, there's that option as well. Uh, you know, there's the option of things being able to uh, just ebb and flow into uh, our, you know, third level dimension or, uh, you know, that those types of ideas too. Uh, I'd be really interested to see what type of uh, military bases exist near some of these supernatural areas or areas where some of these creatures are seen. Right. Uh, you know, but when it comes to, the underground tunnel system, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know, it's all wild, man. It's all wild. But I, like I said, I will hold my ground and say that if there is underground tunnel systems that exist with just dry land, there is no doubt in my mind that there are tunnel ways that connect. Cause I, I also think too, if you uh, are an animal that can come up for air, right? Like, like you don't see fish just coming and just, sticking their head out of water for a while, right? Like that's like something like a dolphin where they could, you know, potentially like swim through really narrow waterways where they can get a little bit of air, um, you know, or something that only needs water half the time, kind of like a frog, right? right? Or a turtle, 
where you could go and crawl through tunnels where you're not getting in water all the time, but you know that there is another way you're going to get with water soon. So, you you know, you crawl through a tunnel, you know that it's going to be 200 feet because it's you traverse these plains, you know this area, that these are sacred pathways. And then uh, then they plop down boop, into another waterway area. And yeah, maybe they connect that way. I mean, you know, animals migrate thousands of miles in the ocean just to go from one warm place to the next. And so it would, it, it could be that, you know, like let's check the seasons of when these things are spotted, you know, are they migrating to places, you know, for certain reasons, is there feeding, is there, you know, is, is there husbandry going on there? You know, like, are they mating? What are the mating seasons of these things? We need to get some goddamn boots on the ground. If you're out there and you're listening, you're near any lake that has any of these things happening, you need to do research for us and please contact us because we yes. need to know what's happening. Yes. Esoteric America podcast at gmail.com. Roman, let's hit it to the next segment and we'll be back at the end to talk about uh, some strange goings on. And this really weird movie that many of you have probably heard about, talked about, uh, it's called Leaving the World Behind. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you at the end of this episode. Don't leave us behind in the meantime. All right, we're here with my man. You know him, you love him. The man formerly a part of the once show Illuminati Confirmed. The man behind the infamous Fart Boys. If you don't know, now you know, and you better go follow. Chris, what's up, brother? We're we're getting right into it, because as you pointed out, that was gold. We should just run it back. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, dude, um, let, let's, yeah, first of all, fartboys.com. Go, go suck yourself out some right now. Besides that, let's tuck into this story you're just telling me dude that's really funny actually well and i think i dropped the ball because i i let my dad pick my gift that went into the yankee swap which i should so 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 to be clear though if we weren't recording before this is a story about uh christmas and gift uh, swap right yes yes okay cool all right cool cool. which i don't know when that became a tradition i think it was a i think it was an american shift Somehow in the past 10 years, like it just became, cause I know it's not just my family and, and yeah, it's weird cause it is, it is, it can be a tense thing. You know, sometimes people are not happy and I'm guilty. Sometimes in yesteryears, I was a spoiled little brat. So (laughs) this year I went into the Yankee swap thinking, you know what? I'm just going to disengage. I'm going to, cause I would get my hopes up. I would buy something really awesome for somebody. And then, sure. you know, you don't, you always get that in return, which so didn't me, always happen, let me, but let me, let me just get a crystal with you here real quick. <laughs> Yankee swap, what that is. So, okay. So there's multiple names for it. It's the same thing. Some people call it white elephant. Some people yeah, call yeah, it okay. Chinese yep. gift exchange, yep. but essentially yep. for people who don't even know what those are, uh, it's, it's, you get a bunch of gifts in a pile for right. one for each person present. Then everybody draws a number and that number is your turn in line. Right. So everybody goes around, you know, I'm number one, you're number three, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, as you pick a present, you can also, once certain presents are open, you can choose to take a present from somebody if they have that. And then that person can pick a new present from the pile. 
take someone else's present. Yeah, you can yada, pass yada. it along, right? All that bullshit, right? Exactly. Like yada, yada. So, yeah. you know, again, it could be tense kind of thing. So anyway, so I disengage. I'm like, Dad, just, you know, he he, he took care of me. He was like, I'll, I'll get a gift for you, you and your sister to put in the pile. So we were able to play along even though i didn't really like get invested in the gift the same way i did in past years but anyways all this to say is in these past years you know i'm the black sheep i'm the pothead nobody nobody's like encouraging that right i (laughs) i almost got like scolded a couple times for showing up to christmas or thanksgiving high so God, could you imagine not being high at Christmas still? Well, and I think it's such a for our at least our generation and the generations between us, like what is it, just one generation? You're not that much older than me. But, <laughs> but you know, if this was a thing that when hey, Mark, we fuck when, you, man. <laughs> when we were first starting to smoke, you know, it was uh, it was an underground thing. It wasn't something depending on where you live, it wasn't really something you were too open about, right? For sure, for you sure, get in trouble, sure. right? But now totally. shit's changed and two different people put uh weed in the gift exchange this year and one of the fun things that my family does is there's like these gag gifts that have just been passed around for years and years they're not really like worth anything but they're sentimental value you know yeah 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 totally one of them are are a pair of smelly perfumes that my great-grandmother used to wear and they're Fire. just disgusting smelling. And it's always like, you know, one of the younger kids will grab it and try to spray it. And then, you know, my grandmother will freak out. Don't spray it. You're going to waste it. It's like Sex Panther. Yeah, it's terrible. No, it's even worse. It's like something like St. Christine or something terrible. Like it's, it's. You know, you know, Sex Panther, though. You know what I'm talking about. No. Bro, that's from, that's from Anchorman. Okay. Okay. Yes, I do know. Yes, I love that movie. Yes. All right. It's like the the, 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 the cologne that he the cologne yeah. that he got hit. Well, when you said that, like, he came he came to mind. But I'm like, why am I thinking of Will Ferrell? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. man. Funny. I love that idea of being able to. I love the idea of just giving out goofy shit and then just like passing it along. It's almost like hot potato you know over the years oh for sure and then the other thing is this accordion and it's like a kid's accordion you know another like thing that you want to rip open and start playing and then your grandmother will yell at you for playing it right so it's for me i'm always like go ahead my grandmother hated me (laughs) for like years because she got me this drum set and I like, it was electric drum set. It was like really weird. Like it was like these little sticks where you could hit anything and it would make the noise of a drum. So she bought me this like little electric drum set thing. And I was like playing the drum set. And then she like got mad at me for like years. I remember also my grandmother's a psychopath, but I was just like, I'm like eight years old. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why the fuck did you get it for me? You fucking retard. Like, you think I'm not going to use it? Like what? <laughs> like, are you like I come, I come from stupid people apparently like sweet you know <laughs> well I think there's a generation where you know they just treated things a different way and had a different sensibility for things and they couldn't relate to like the excitement of a kid just wanted to like jump on something you know and it's not necessarily yeah. 
our fault, but I think that at least with my boomer generation of grandparents and my silent generation of grandparents, there was a distinct difference in the way the two pairs treated things. But yeah, no, it was just weird. Like, uh, as as with the accordion, like I remember when I was younger, like everybody would get a big kick out of me, laugh, you know, laugh at me for playing it or whatever. But, uh, do you know how to play the accordion? No, no, I would just, you know, that's why they would tell yeah. me to shut up and put it back in the box. <laughs> if I could play the accordion, yeah, they probably would have let me keep it. But no, it's like a gag gift kind of thing. And so, All right, but, so you got weed, you got weed from everybody because well, in well, previous that's the years, thing. That's, bad boy. That's now the everybody thing. changed, right? They switched up. They're well, all, they're all, they all switched to your opinion. That's the weird thing is, yeah, without my influence at all, obviously, I think most families experience this over the past few years, but all the older folks, the geezers have lightened up to the whole topic of weed. So now with the accordion wrapped up was like this little metal clip case with three joints in it and a a bag of seeds like somebody's going to start a freaking grow up in the in the family or something you know so i was Dude, like why don't why don't <laughs> i don't know i'm just surprised that that kind of thing goes on so anyways that's that's what <laughs> happened and my grandmother of course because she wants to hold on to the heirlooms and the nostalgia she grabbed the accordion or well she didn't i guess she didn't know that the accordion would be in there but yeah, so her package had the accordion and the weed, and she's like, "Oh, I'm keeping this." And my grandpa started laughing, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is a big shift." Jeez, I wish I would have knew that before I let my dad pick a gift for me. So you know, but yeah, so everybody kind of laughed about it, and everyone was fighting over it, and so that's cool. I like that. It's better than you know just alcohol being in the gift bag you know spice must have been some good shit man must have been some good shit man i think so well it would have been if i wrapped up a gift but yeah so that was like the weird holiday thing that took place in 2023 (laughs) that i'd never seen before and i'm sure you can relate you're a connecticut guy you know what people are like around here oh my god dude i remember going to thanksgiving in New York and I was a kid and catching my uncle smoking weed in the garage and we were like, Oh, that's motherfucker. That's where you've been all day. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you know, in retrospect, I'm like, duh, like you got to deal with the whole family. I would have been high as fuck if I had to deal with my family. God damn. Like, you know, so it's funny because I think really what's happening, dude, is the world is slowly forcibly starting to maybe like, not listen to the powers that be because the powers that be are clearly lying and or making shit up that they don't know necessarily what they're talking about, but it's good for business, but that's not your life. Your life isn't their business. So like, I mean, although it is, you know, I think it's fascinating as people like, you know, the the species moves into like, (laughs) like teenage you know, our species turning into teenagers and going like, nah, I don't think I'm going to listen to your opinion anymore, you know? Mm. But I think that's neat. And sometimes, like, the older generations, dude, like, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, they're indoctrinated, like, we're indoctrinated, just but slightly different way, you know? Like, 
Think about like what it would have been like to have been grown up in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, dude. It's a totally different lay of the land, dude. You totally thought like we're going to have fucking Jetsons flying cars and, you know, I'm sure all the hippies thought that weed would have been legal and then they went through the Reagan era and, God damn, dude, to be honest, man, that's some like, it's probably pretty tough to have lived through, you know, like been that well, close to like it. breaking through the glass ceiling and then like have these like fucking Republican cunts like ruin the party, you know? Like, I think wow. that's a big reason why we're even in this podcasting realm, like with the conspiracy culture. You know, a lot of people now take for granted that the left was the conspiracy theorist for a great deal of this country's history. You know, 100%. traditionally it was a conservative Republican kind of aspect that was kind of talked about as like this Orwellian, Arconian kind of draconian force in America. And I, that's still true. It's just the Democrats showed their true colors in their way. And, you know, that happened in the 70s. With you think they just change up? I think, I feel like, like, like I'm Irish, you know, so I'm like one quarter of my background is Irish. So I look into that sometimes and find stuff and you, you find like the IRA was about the most liberal organization ever, just from the point of view, like they wanted freedom. <laughs> they wanted somebody off their back. But like, that would be a liberal now. So words have flipped as well, you know? So it's hard to like keep track of things when the vernacular keeps changing, you know, in addition to all the things that we previously stated. I think, I think it's pretty, I think basically, you know, like the English family, like they always change their name, like they're Windsors, but they're really, German somehow and so like I just think what it's advantageous if you're BlackRock to every so often change the name of your company so I think there's like a bit of a guessing game going on too because you know we're only live for 40 50 years 60 years before we kind of like fizzle out and fuck off and so you know if you can make the game you know I think in a lot of these ways like longer than the average person you know give the shit about well then you can continue operating in this kind of way it's like a it's like a form of like time camouflage or something mm. yeah this is a theme on this show today with the multiple conversations i've had already we've been talking about these cycles that you know generations go through there's the whole strauss Howe theory about generations he says that there's the Arthurian generation, the humanist generation, the reform generation, the reprisal generation. All through history, he, he tracks these different generations. And then up into the point where he kind of figures out there's a theme, which is there's the prophet, the nomad, the hero, then the artist. The prophet, the, cycles, right? the nomad, the hero, then the artist. Yeah, and that's basically like, it's like a reaction, like the prophet comes in the times that are created by the artist the nomad comes from the times that's created by the prophet the hero comes from the time that the nomad or the reactive you know it's and so on and so forth so yeah it's this thing and if i'm going to link this in the podcast description i'll send it to you as well but people can go on here and track like you know where we're at now and they call it the fourth turning right we have the first turning the second turning the third turning and the fourth turning is essentially where we're at now so 
that I think for some people might mean, you know, oh, what's going to happen next is doom and gloom. Maybe not. Maybe we're on the precipice of a, a golden age and this is just like the dark ages before it. Hey, man, could be, could, could also not be, you know, who knows? Fuck. I think you and I are optimists at heart. We live, we live our lives in a way that allows for fun and exploration and Dude, I think you're going to die, bro. I think you're going to (laughs) die. And I think I'm going to die. And I think everybody's going to die. Right. So if you knew you were going to die, right. At some point, right. Like probably sooner than later. And, you know, hoping, hoping and all that. Right. You should probably just like, the only thing that keeps, I think me saying is to just not care about the powers that be not care about the bullshit and just keep trying to enjoy myself. Um, when you start to focus on that shit, you know, it's like, if you look too long into the abyss, the abyss stares back, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. So it's like the same reason why Crowley put at the beginning of those books, library four or whatever. Don't read this. You dumb motherfucker. Cause like it could take over your life and maybe not in a beneficial way. Like I don't watch horror movies cause I don't want Jason living in my fucking head rent free. You know what I mean? I'm 100% with you. And I'm like, you know, I've come around a little bit because some movies have like occult symbolism that I'm like, oh, that's (laughs) interesting to look at. But I'm still like, I won't go into like anything with like too much blood or gore or anything like that. That's just not, not my cup of tea at all. And I think it's, it's rightly so, you know, I don't think everything is for everybody. And I don't think that, you know, what we've created in the past hundred years is necessarily proof of concept yeah i think there's a lot of things yet to know we yet to know the consequences of and like to to piggyback on that i'm just all i'm trying to say is like like from a quantum standpoint like observer effect shit like you know jason doesn't live unless i'm there to watch the movie kind of thing and i don't Mm. need him in my life Mm. Mm. so like i don't know if that's like I almost feel like it's like intentional ignorance. Well, I think you're you know? just managing your perception in a healthy or, or time and responsible of the day, way. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's you know like, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know that even like people that expose themselves to that kind of content necessarily are conscious of the fact that they're sure. like doing that. You know, there, there are people who enjoy it. Sure, I'm sure, you know, different walks of life. I'm not going to disrespect it, but you know, when it comes to the point of where you're, you're basically simulating people dying or people getting hurt, it's like, you got to step back and ask yourself why a people are creating that content and B anyone would want to watch it. You know, why are you watching it, bro? (laughs) Right. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Anyone listening, no judgment, but definitely, I think the occult aspect, like take it from like a guy like Isaac Weisup's perspective where he like sits down with a movie with a notebook in front of him and a pen and takes tons (laughs) of notes. Like that's different. Like I would, I respect that, you know, if somebody's watching a horror movie cause they're going to go and report on maybe like the psychological aspects (laughs) of it where they just want the experience. Like I can, I can kind of get that, but I still, you know, I'm kind of, at a point where what you're saying, you know, the metaphor isn't like 
going short here. I get it. Like with the the news and everything going on, and even these podcasts is really easy to get wrapped up in this idea that the world's ending and we got only so much time to save totally. the day. And if we don't totally. do anything now, the whole world's gonna crumble. And I just, I don't live my life that way. I don't think anyone should. I think that's a part yeah. of the conspiracy against us. Fact, fact, bro. It's like, listen, man, the fucking Chicken Little said it, man. The sky is falling, bro. And that's every day, forever. <laughs> and so, like, if it hasn't happened yet, <laughs> fuck it. You know what I mean? And I, I just, because, you, again, you're going to die. It's going to be a bus, airplane crash, heart attack, fill in the blank. doesn't matter. So, until then... Like Kanye says, this shit is up. This shit is up, dude. Have a good time, man. Or, you know, like rob a bank or something, get rich. But either way, have a good time while you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Don't hurt nobody in the process. 100%, man. And I'm glad that we could uh, engage in this dialogue. It's a great uh, balancing of the (laughs) scales, you know, with some of the other conversations I've had tonight. You know, a a lot of really interesting people awesome friends podcasters people i've known for a few years now people like yourself but you know i think the positive side of it is what we we've all kind of hinted at but you kind of really summed it up really well there which is awesome I, i'm glad i bro, it's, included it's you in so this. easy bro it's so easy like listen man you wake up you in first grade, your teachers hate you. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, all the way through po- po- 12 plus four more potentially, plus another four. Chances are the world sucks for a lot of people, dude. Like, especially for creative little boys with a lot of energy. <laughs> the world doesn't want that, right? So some people try to shit on people all their whole life, right? And you just realize, well, I'm not paying attention to little dick energy, bro. I don't fuck with these people. So it's like it's constantly trying to pull you down from all angles. But you have to be, like, aware of it. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you an example. My teachers in school used to hate, 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 hate me, right? All the time for no reason. And it got to the point where they just start yelling at me. They turn around, they have their back, they're writing on the chalkboard, they turn around and yell at me, right? And I'm like, yo, I'm just sitting here. Like, I'm not even, you know? And it got to the point where the other kids in the class were like, yo, he ain't even doing nothing. Right? So it's like, I'm well aware to be the target. But you're only the target, I feel like, unless you're contributing not to the, 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 the game plan, which is be a horrible cunt all the time to everybody and learn this shit that's going to turn your ass into a robot. And don't think critically. And don't travel. And don't meet new and people. And, and, and the critical race theories of the world and the, the, the racism. It's, fuck all that. That's all such small-minded, horrible, negative, dark-side thinking, dude. Period. Mm. 100%. And you have to overcome that. You got to know it's a bit, you know, you got to, like, kind of study your enemies, dude. You got to know that, like, like when I was a kid in school, man, I used to be, like, mad nice to the teachers because I know it would just wind their bitch asses the fuck up, you know? <laughs> I loved it. You can't get in trouble for being nice, but I knew the effect. Well, and yeah, I think that's a big part of this whole system of society that we're in where the school system 
tries to shun and filter out people like yourself and myself who are, uh, you know, bright enough to question things in a way that disrupts the system, you know, not that other people aren't equally bright, but I think there's this instinct in certain people to just go with the herd because they Mm -hmm. see that as like the smarter outcome of Mm -hmm. things and like to go along is to get along type of mentality. And that'll get you to a certain point, but... I don't think we would have a midlife crisis or these sorts of things in American culture uh, or homelessness or drug addiction if the school system worked the way it should, you know, because even people who follow that route and and become successful, they still have these crises, these divorces and all sorts of things. So, you know, I think there's a, you know, whether it's a fourth turning or not, I think we're definitely on the precipice of some big changes, hopefully consciously, you know, and all hope to the young generations, the young kids who are maybe listening to shows like this. But honestly, I think my demographic is people older than me. At least that's what the demographic says. So I don't know. That's encouraging that the majority of people listening to me are older than me. But then again, a lot of the people I talk to on the show are older than me as well. So but yeah, no, but that's a good thing though, bro. Because think about it; these people are the ones with the, the hands on the wheel. Still, you're still in the back seat. You ain't driving. Reality, they are, and so right. this is a fact, right? And so, if you can positively influence the people that are holding the wheel, yo, slow down, stop swerving at people, whatever, right? To put it into a car analogy, like, oh shit, maybe we should slow this down, put the windows down. You know what I mean? Turn the radio on. Mm-hmm. Stop being such to each other it's so simple but like people don't want to hear it bro you know and the thing is that you got to start with yourself and i think that's about weeding out shit in your life friends family job clothes whatever get rid of all the shit you don't like get rid of it who cares you know and you can't let these people that occupy like if you look at the school system you notice that it's a a Prussian system of turning people into cogs and wheels. And B, if you look at the trivium quadrivium and you look at these things about learning about art and learning about the stars, cycles, things that, you know, we're inside of, like the cycles of time and, and, and nature and things of that nature, you know, shit that matters. <laughs> it's like, if you start to look at that shit, you will come away with a different perspective, you know, and that's the shit that they hide along with all this occult information. Dude, well said. Speaking of hidden information, I wanted to get to this segment at some point in the 2023 wrap-up show. And I think you're the perfect person to talk to about this. Not that you're any type of UFO expert, but you're interested in the topic. And we recently had a whistleblower. We had a a whistleblower. Yeah. <laughs> that is the 2023 whistleblower David Grush. We love David Grush. Some hate him, but he's an interesting character. I love the the theater of it all. I think it's kind of funny to see people talking about UFOs like it's a new thing and saying that the government's finally going to blow the whistle on this, and and David Grush is the guy to do it. Have you heard anything about this? Have you looked into the UFP stuff? What's your thoughts on it, bro? 
I mean, dude, I'm just like, I'm just like John Q. Public. I see, you know, from ancillary point of view, like, you know, clearly I see all the, you know, David Brayburns or whatever the fuck his name. I see all these people on Rogan. I, I, I pay attention, but I don't pay attention too because like, it just seems like, Mark, when we did the Illuminati, I just started getting real frustrated at the end because I feel like people are wasting my goddamn time. And it's like, bro, I could make some shit up and just lie to you for an hour or two. Like, but that's not my MO, right? So sometimes I see these people and you wonder if it's whistleblower. You wonder if it's a, a real thing. And the guy's like, no, I'm just here telling you my story. You know, so that I think people are coming at this topic from just as many angles as any other thing at this point. You know, it's not so fringe anymore with the military coming out, with the Tic Tac, with the with the, maybe it's Russian, maybe it's a spy balloon. You know, I think this is all technology stuff that we're unaware of. Do I think that there's aliens? Of course. Do I think that they're here? Why wouldn't they be? Do I think we're involved? I think we would be if they're already here. Is the American public or the world public ready for it? Ah, who's to say? You know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's weird. There's definitely technology that's out of our range, even in understanding, I feel like. No doubt. But, like, I think people just have... Just like they got a book deal, bro. They got something to sell on the back end. (laughs) It's just so fucked up, dude. It's like I have nothing to sell, fartboys.com, besides that. (laughs) But, you know, there's no MO. If if I've seen an alien, bitch, I'm coming on here to tell about it. Right. If I haven't, which I haven't. Right. You're not going to sell like a secret code in a hoodie and say like only the 30 people that buy this overpriced hoodie will get the secrets to UFOs. That'd be some buster shit. You wouldn't do that. You sell affordable, high quality apparel for people who like the fart boys culture, which is a great culture to be a part of. I'm I'm I, I like to think I'm a part of it, even though I don't snowboard. Definitely a state of mind, man. But the, but you know, that's like, you know, because it's so interesting too, dude, because I think like what happens in this culture, right, is that you have, um, okay, Mark Steves, right, is the, he's seen an alien, who's 12 years old, and now you have a type of currency to get onto podcasts, to write a book, to do it. And you think that that fish didn't just go from a 12-inch fish to a 15-inch fish to a 20-inch fish? Like, of course, bro. You know, I think this is that same old, same old. Do I think aliens are here? Of course. If 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 if, if light speed is not the top um, thing, and we can bend space time, or dimensions are real, or whatever, of course, duh, I would be here too. Is there camouflage? Well, if they're a million years ahead of us, I would have to assume so. If just some John Q guy on the street seen it, and, and he's got nothing to sell, I, I'm I'm more apt to believe that than the guy that has got a blog or whatever. You know. No doubt. Well, but, 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 but to come full circle, what was the, what was the, what was the question again? I'm sorry. We went off on a bit of a tangent. No, you didn't go off on a tangent at all. I think you answered my question. I was just looking for your comments on David Grush. who kind of took a lot of the spotlight with these, this whole UAP conversation, you know, there's the whole Chinese air balloon at the beginning of the yeah. year and yeah. that kind of coincided with the train derailment. But do you, do you know that they were doing those same kind of Chinese air balloons in, but they're Japanese, I believe, and they were doing it in World War II, and supposedly a handful of them had hit the West Coast, and somebody in Oregon, of all places, died? Really? 
Yeah. They were like floating and, mines kind of thing. Yeah, like basically. Flying? Yep. Yep. And wow. if you look in Oregon, like at some of these beaches, there's like these big concrete bunkers up on the cliff side that are still there to this day. You know, they were expecting, you know, because they tried to take out the, the, the Pacific, the Japanese tried to take out the Pacific fleet in World War II by bombing Pearl Harbor. But, right. you know, the Americans still had like fucking dug in on the West Coast. Right. It's just oh, yeah. interesting. Well, they had, I mean, they even had Nike sites all across the East Coast, you know, in Connecticut, my hometown, there was a, a little mountain somewhere where they had a, a missile site. They had one out in the woods wow. in like Mohegan because they thought the Nazis would come with their submarines along the East Coast. So, yeah, they got they had tons of stuff like that. But in lesser news with the whole whistleblowing thing, we've got... This is my favorite new sound effect, by the way. I fucking love that, dude. <laughs> we have this guy, I don't know his name right, or Joseph Z Ziegler, who basically blew the whistle on... President Biden protecting his son from IRS prosecutors. And now What do you mean what do you mean whistleblower? Bro, everybody knows that. We talk about Yo, yo, this fucking guy can't sell paintings for hundreds of thousands of dollars because he's a talented artist. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> he's a whistleblower, bro. Whistle? <laughs> bro, I'm pretty sure everybody in the world blew that whistle 8 months ago. No, they're not whistles. They're Zuzu Velas at a stadium. There's so many whistles being blown. <laughs> it's a soccer match in the middle. Yeah. No. Hey, hey, let me, hey, let me blow another whistle for you. Epstein is dead, <clears throat> or, or or is he? <laughs> this motherfucker had scientists on the payroll, bro. Like the world, Ghislaine Maxwell's dad was in fucking Mossad. Like you know, there's a lot to the world, bro. Like I'm, I consider that low on the totem pole of whistleblowing. Yeah, I would say so. And I, I think we're in for, what do you think, a treat or maybe a disappointment with this list <laughs> that's going to be disclosed on the at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I think we all know it already. I think it's like the Will Smith. I think it's like the fucking Puffy. I think it's all these fucking higher up, these movie stars, these people that, producers want to fuck so they invite them on you know vacation with ndas or god knows dude you know like have you heard about all the girls that go to like uap and they gotta like sign like ndas now what's uap stand for dude like girls will go to like the arab emirates or oh, UO, uae uae what i say UAP. Yeah, which was what we were oh, talking about before. I'm like, hot chicks are following UAPs? I don't think they you even win. know what UFOs are. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's like, you know, just like shit, wonky shit goes down. A whole, what, the, what do the rappers say? OT, out of town. All the time, you know? People be getting crazy, dude. I, I think it's the same old, same old. I think it's the same as it's ever been, bro. I just, I just, I think fuckery skullduggery spy you know fucking all this shit dude has been around forever and i think like this is just the modern these are just the modern players you know that we're aware of you know like the glenn mackles the jeffrey epstein's the i mean all this shit that's happened to puffy and they're probably gonna link jay-z and leor cohen and all these people that are there are they're above their bosses right and i just think it is 
human culture at some disgusting level to engage in a lot of this shit. And I think a lot of it's just for blackmail purposes, clearly because it's power and power's money and money is fucking freedom, dude. And it's the, and m- that same money will allow you to shit on people that you don't like. Mm. So it's power. So yeah. I think it's the same as it ever was, dude. Crooks and castles, dude. Everybody wants to get to the top so they can shit on everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems that way, especially with the retiree generation. You know, they want to criticize their kids and grandkids for not being homeowners. Meanwhile, you know, the yeah. housing market is in shambles and the banks and and them and all these different people that are involved with it. And they are just like, Oh no, it's your fault that you, you don't own at home. Well, there's two sides of that story. One, if you had a better job, you could buy a house. Hey, that's a fact. And, And it's no offense. It's like, you're pursuing the thing that makes you happy. So they should respect that. And that's also a fact. But in addition to that, what you're talking about is like my grandfather bought a house in long Island for 40 grand, AKA, two years of salary. Right. Right. They're not going to put you into a 30 year desk contract. (laughs) AKA, AKA slavery. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, and it's like, I was saying this to my girl the other day. It's like, you know, bro, the sun shines, the water waves, the sun, the, the fucking air blows and the motherfucking, you can, you can derive power from any of these things. How do we pay for this shit? Well, that's the thing. It's yeah. It seems like they want to do some kind of great collapse, you know. When I think what they really should do, and I forget which guest brought this up. It's not my idea. Somebody else brought it up on the show, but a yeah. jubilee, a big, a big jubilee. Maybe they're gonna try to put that out there, so all these crooked, corrupt people, and everybody else who's kind of in, under their thumb, will uh, be rescinded of their debts. What's a jubilee? Isn't that just like a anniversary? No, in Roman culture, it would be like a holiday where any standing debts would be forgiven. So every year, you know, and I don't know if this was confined to just certain parts of the economy, but yeah, they basically did like a debt jubilee. And that's, I think it was enforced by the church or the government and the church. You ever heard the term? All roads lead to Rome. Of course. <laughs> I think that's I think that that quip, that little little rhymey thing, that little whatever that is called, I think that is the answer. I think that's where the snake lives at, bro. Yeah. Because that's the evil that's been propagated. Listen, Buddhists don't do it. You know, only certain people are willing to conquer and rape and torture and, and just a join or die campaign. Right? So if you ask me, net, 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 at the end of the day, goddamn Catholic church, bro. Dude, honestly, I think that's something we are going to get into in 2024. I've only really talked about it a few times on the show. Michael Hoffman has a great book about the Vatican and, all their strange occult aspects, their hypocrisy, their evils, all of it. I mean, and he's a great source for it because he's kind of like a Christian theologian type. You know, he, he studies the Bible and studies all that. 
He's written some great books on conspiracy. Do you know about the Lavender Mafia? No. Well, cool. What's that? Sounds cool. <laughs> so, so according to this one article I learned, or this one article I read, and this podcast, Mysterious Universe, they publish articles as well. So I was, yeah. re- I was reading this, and I was like, oh, I got to learn more about this <laughs> so I could talk about it on a podcast. I never really, I don't think we ever talked about it on a show. But basically, the theory is, and there's some evidence to support this, that the Vatican was taken over in the past 50 or so years at some point uh, by this, like, homosexual mafia that, like, blackmailed all these heterosexual priests and bishops and whatnot out of the, out of the church essentially. So that anybody that becomes a part of that, that group now is either made to be or already is homosexual. Right. So this is, well, wasn't, wasn't, didn't Baphomet swing both ways? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big part of the whole occult angle of it too. And I don't know if, that's necessarily like a denigration of against people who happen to be homosexual, but it definitely, you know, it's something that's a part of European culture where those practices were historically taboo and associated with other things that are taboo, like occult rituals. So who knows? I'm not saying that anybody who screws someone in the butt is automatically an occult ritual ritualist but maybe there is something like negative or just like hidden maybe spiritually about that whole process <laughs> that sure. and that's why they do that but yeah the lavender mafia i think the term lavender is just because it's a feminine color or something i don't know uh, i never heard of it but <clears throat> it does seem like something you would do like as far as like Back in the day, bro, like they used to say, like if somebody flashed their lights at you at the at nighttime on the East Coast, don't flash your lights back. You ever remember this? No. It was like what they would it was what they would say was a gang initiation. If you flash your lights back, they turn around and come kill you. So like, all right, so whatever about the story, it doesn't matter. But what it is, I'm saying is like, you want to have dirt on the other people that are in the gang. Yeah. So that they can't out you because if they out you, you out them. Bada bing, bada boom. If we if if, if we're going down, we all going down, motherfucker. What's the thing right? about so, flashing your headlights? So that was just like a thing that they said that was a gang initiation back in the day. If you flash your lights, like they would drive with the lights know. off, and you flash their lights at you, they turn around and come kill you. But again, it's just an example as to what I'm saying is you have to do something fucked up. To get in the gang, and I'm just trying to say, like, oh, okay, get you, I get you, yeah, right. So, because it's more of a blackmail thing, not really about the action per se, huh. but like you, you want to have some dirt on the other fellas, you know? No doubt, yeah, no, I yeah. think that's how these things roll. But yeah, I don't know if it's John Paul the first or the second, but apparently, the rumors are is that they one of them was killed. I think it was John Paul the first, and that was a part of it. Was and that one of the Beatles or something like that? John Paul? No. <laughs> I'm talking about Pope John Paul. The Black Pope, dude. Google the Black Pope, dude. Okay, let's Google it. I know I've heard about it, but Black Pope, dude. If there's a good if there's a good, there's a bad. If there's a white, there's a black. Yeah, the Jesuit right? the Jesuit priest. The 
Superior General of the Society of Jesus, who's currently Arturo Sosa since October 2016. Huh, interesting. Black Pope. Dude. Well, do you think, right, like maybe... Well, here's my whole thing about that shit, right? Listen, end of the day. End of the day, right, they don't pay taxes. They're their own country within a country, right? Follow me? Yeah. They're an international corporation, conglomerate, multinational, whatever you want to say, right? The biggest probably landowners on planet Earth, they got more locations than fucking McDonald's, right? And everybody, like the mafia, is kicking up every month. And this is where there's a line in the sand for me because that's all good, dude. Preach the Prince of Peace. Right or whatever, Prince. Oh, there's a weird Mandela effect there too. They call Jesus jeal- God jealousy in the Bible now. Very weird. But this is where it gets hypocritical, in my opinion, is that they take all that money and they don't give any of that fucking money. So it's a one-way thing, and that goes against what they say. Right. So if you had be like, yo fuck everybody, da, 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 da. and we give them money, like, okay, cool, we know what they're getting at. Fuck everybody. <laughs> Easy. But if you're hypocritical with it and you go the other way with it and you don't help anybody and all these kids are dying all over the planet of bullshit, right, and all these people are dying because of bullshit forever, like, why don't you stop that? You're everywhere. People listen to you. You have all the money. <laughs> what the fuck is the problem? Mm-hmm. It's that you're a hypocrite. Right, so then we don't have to believe you, so you're out, so done. Yeah. Not that the me- so it's not that the message is bad, because the message is basically the same message as every other fucking religion. Mm-hmm. Be nice to people. Fucking party on. Wow. Easy. But they behave like assholes, and they have, like, bulletproof cars and shit. <laughs> and they have the Swiss guard and they- who wear funny-ass pants and shit. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's weird, bro. It's weird, dog. Undoubtedly. Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, oh, excuse me, I'm looking at the Black Pope list right now. I, I'm like kind of baffled that I haven't seen this before, but yeah, apparently the, there's this whole strain of it, but no doubt. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's something that I realized my, at a young it's age. It's like my mission, dude. My mission to talk shit from a high, high elevation on the fucking goddamn motherfucking Pope, dude. The whole bullshit that they wrote in on and fucked up the world for a lot of people for a long time. It was a join or die campaign, dude, and they murdered motherfuckers. So, fuck them. I'm with you, dude. I'm with you, and, you know, I I think they've taken a good thing and corrupted it, you know, and uh, people who do follow Christianity or Catholicism, you know, you might not like hearing something like that, but just think about it in terms that, you know, the institution bro, does not represent the Bible, that, you know? That's the, what I'm saying, bro. It's, God's not, word. it's not, the, not the book. Right. It's not the words. It's not right. the message. Right. It's the motherfuckers that are driving the goddamn truck. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, we got to do a deep dive into the Vatican, talk more about this Lavender Mafia at some point on the show. Oh, they're but... gay, bro. they hella gay, bro. You can nail this. 
But, but either way, it's always good to talk to you. Always good to have you on the podcast. But fartboys.com with a Z. Go and check it out. Chris, we're going to wrap up here because I got to keep this brief. Otherwise, this will be a six-hour episode. But this, yeah, man. this is great. This is this has been a fun podcast altogether. <laughs> yeah, sorry, to go, sorry to go down the goddamn Pope rabbit hole. That was weird, dude. I didn't no, see that at all. <laughs> it's perfect. No, I think it's great. And who knows? Maybe we'll see a new Pope this year. Who knows what will happen Dude, I'm the Pope, that. bro. Fuck that. Remember what? <laughs> What's his name? Crown me, dude. The this Discordia guy, man. Put the big penis fish head hat on. No, sir. <laughs> well, with that, <laughs> shout out Fart Boys. Go and check them out on Instagram, on oh, all, yeah. all the places. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap up after this one, folks, unless I can muster up the energy to do some more calls. We'll see. I still haven't talked to Juan. I still haven't talked to Roman. There's a few people on the list here that I haven't talked to yet, but we'll see. But all right. Listen, if you talk to Juan, you tell him he's a bitch-ass motherfucker. You tell him for me, dog. <laughs> well, he's, in the, he's in the ATL right now, dude, so he's getting chopped and screwed. <laughs> That's sexist, dude. <laughs> That's sexist? Yeah, sexist. Oh, what's <laughs> chopped and screwed? That's like, isn't that a rap term? That's yeah, what they like Texas. in the South. Oh, Texas. Texas. I thought you said that's sexist. I was like, how am I being sexist? <laughs> <laughs> like, Juan's not, Juan's not, I, I wouldn't even know. All right. Well, hey, we'll let, we'll let the audience be confused. <laughs> we'll just let drop them off there. Yoshi Obayashi, great comedian, friend of Sam Tripoli, friend of Tom Segura. He's been on tons of huge podcasts, and I think he's my friend. I'm I'm happy to say that he's a cool guy. Um, Patricio, 
who is the man checking out different stone structures around our area. Roman, we got to get you out here for uh, a little exploration. Go and check out some ancient stone structures. And then uh, James from We the People. Shout out to James. Shout out to Esoteric Eddie. Shout out to Donut. And of course, shout out to our friend Chris uh, from the formerly known podcast Illuminati Confirmed. Now it's just Juan and I, and we call it Finding Falconelli, but we're still going strong. Juan and I are still doing a podcast. Like I said, Juan uh, could, couldn't fit it into the schedule. He's on a holiday, but my man Roman is here. I thought, let's spice it up. Let's talk about some paranormal stuff. Let's talk about some weird stuff, something that we enjoy, something we talk about a ton on Esoteric America, which is a show that we're reigniting it went dormant for a little bit there but chad will be back tara will be back we'll all be on the air with new guests talking about new places and uh, as we come to a close here in 2023 um that movie leaving the world behind is that it or leave the world behind um very interesting and it kind of i didn't watch it i don't typically watch anything that people in mass recommend but i also don't have any streaming platforms so maybe that's why i have hulu but only because they gave me a deal with spotify but um yeah so i i don't typically watch things on netflix which is the only reason i haven't seen it because i i did learn a bunch about it from listening to isaac weisop on tinfoil hat so i know a little bit about it i heard that deer play a role in the movie somehow and also there's a deer on the film poster a male deer so a buck rather but uh so yeah what do you what, yeah. what are we getting into today rome because you said you had a really interesting idea for a cool topic for this episode and it kind of connects in a way because we're heading into and this is a little bit of a stretch but we're heading into the year of the Greenwood Dragon, and this yeah. thought just occurred to me that uh, a deer is not, I don't think there's a deer in the Zodiac, the Chinese Zodiac, right? But if you were to think of green wood, you'd think of a forest. Where did deer live? The forest. So, I don't know. A little slight, tiny connection I'm stretching together there, but uh, maybe there's more to it than just that. What What... What's going on with the deer, Roman? Talk to me about mm. this. Well, yeah, so I, I found it pretty interesting, this uh, this specific disease that I just found out about called CWD, chronic wasting disease, which is a specific brain disease that um, I guess a lot of deer have been getting for the past 50 years, about 1967, I think, was like some of the first reported cases of this Um but the numbers have been skyrocketing over the past 50 years um, that there is a fear now recently, very recently, and a spurge, um, which is not a word, sorry, a splurge maybe, a uh, a surge. I think I meant to I, I put the word splurge and surge together there, um, which came out to be splurge, which is actually pretty fucking tight. Sorry, I just realized that. Splurge, splurge and urge, splurge and urge. Wait. Well, I've heard splurge what? before. That's like, is it? 
Is yeah. it a thing? Yeah, that's like you might go to a store and splurge. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that is a word. Yeah, splurge yeah. is a word. Okay. It's like so, shopping spree. I, it probably comes from some television show. So, yeah, is an, an act of spending money uh, freely or extravagantly spend money. So it's related to money, not dear, but whatever. You guys get the idea. <laughs> there has been a surge of uh, CWD and deer across America, mm-hmm. as well as Canada. And scientists now more recently are saying that it has more chance now to get into humans than it ever has before. Yikes. Surely because of the numbers, the uh, the numbers of CWD growing across. What does that right? look so, like if it gets into humans? So there's only a few different cases where this has actually come into humans in the past where they've been able to find the specific disease that CWD, chronic wasting disease, is actually attached to. It's called transmissible spongiform encephalanthropies. Okay? Probably said that a little bit wrong, but they for short call it TSE. And TSE is a prion disease. Um, are a group of rare, rare degenerative brain disorders that are characterized by tiny holes that give the brain a spongy appearance. This has been found in humans. It's not just CWD in deer. Now, that's not very often that this disease happens or TSEs are formed in humans. Um, there's this one they I'm going to, for the sake of it, shorten it to CJD, uh, Kreutzfeldt Jacob disease is the most well-known of the human TSEs. Uh, other human TSEs, spongy brain zombie disease, if you want, uh, they're called Kuru, K-U-R-U, fatal familial insomnia, FFI, Gerstmann Strassler Scheinker disease, GSS, and a relatively new type of CJD as a variant uh, of this was first described in 1996. So there is human forms of TSEs. Now, a lot of the TSEs uh, found in Papua New Guinea and things, and this type of disease found in humans uh, were from eating other human brains. That was how it kind of like came across uh, and found in humans, but it's been found all over the world. Uh, in places like Germany and, and other places of Europe, not so much in the Americas uh, that I was able to find. But uh, so I was watching that movie, right? Like pretty recently after it came out. Um, one, because I really enjoy that director. He did a show called Mr. Robot. Sam Esmail did the show Dr. Robot or Mr. Robot, which is really good. Um, and he's done other, you know, some other other things that were, you know, very good. He's a good director. He has a great style. Um, he has an interesting way of like connecting a lot of like uh, deep psychological dots. So you like the uh, movie? I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I mean, it had actors that I liked. There was interesting racial racial tension, which was like <laughs> hilarious to see on screen from Julia Roberts. You know, well, it was like really. The, it was, from what I heard from Sam and the guys uh, on Tinfoil Hat, is that there was uh, Ethan Hawke getting cucked by Julia Roberts. And uh, yeah, yeah. another, you know, typical woke Hollywood film where, you know, the white guy well, gets shit on. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, you know, it, it definitely was a thing. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think the movie was like, OK, that, you know, they had this scene that I screenshotted 
uh, <laughs> what is it? It's like the kids are standing next to each other in one specific scene. Okay. And one of the kids is wearing an Obey shirt, you know, Obey. Yeah, right? no, I heard about this, right? It says and then Obey the next NASA. One is NASA. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. interesting to tie all these things together. <laughs> now, what you were saying about the wood dragon, 2024 being the year of the wood dragon, it's really interesting. Um, there's symbolism tied behind this in Chinese zodiac symbolism and, and these, these ancient symbols, uh, symbols, you know. Uh, but it is a thing to tie dragons to the idea of aliens. And this alien prophecies and these things that have been coming into the narrative of uh, political play, you know, with like the American government and the military, you know, like start exposing uh, alien stuff. And now we're coming into the year of a presidential election where we're going to have a new thing coming on. Right. So you have this idea of prosperity, change, new ideas that the wood dragon is said to, you know, give. And that's a symbolism is, is you're in a year of prosperity. It will be ingenuitive change. Things are going to happen. And dragons are significant. In Chinese mythology, dragons oftentimes were symbols of weather change. So there was weather dragons. The rainbow dragon is connected to the weather. Um, you know, these things changing. Now, to take the deer idea and this idea of a rampant TSC brain disease and connecting it to something along the lines of a disease that came and wiped out a lot of the population back in 2020, that was from a bat, right? An animal carrying a disease, spreading it to humans was something that happened that stopped the world and brought it to a halt, okay? So if they are saying, and everybody's like, this is a warning. This is a movie is a warning. It was produced by Obama. Obama's production company called Higher Ground Productions. Um, it's a production movie that was created by Michelle and Barack a few years ago to like, you know, make some money in Hollywood, I guess. Right. Like they needed a way to like, you know, use their money. Well, some conspiracy theorists or humans in the truth seeking community is better yet called uh, are saying like, wow, well, if Obama had something to do with this movie and there was a lot of like strange symbolism, you know, it could have been like a movie that was just like playing into a lot of bullshit. But at the same time, there could be some hidden messages there, you know, and then there's the talk of the bunkers, talk about underground stuff, which is funny, underground tunnels and all that shit. Um, you know, the talk of the bunkers and, you know, solar flares happening, yada, 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 you know, but I think there's an interesting tie with the whole deer connection and this rise of the CWD disease. And just recently, like within the last week, there has been numerous articles by big companies, by big news uh, peoples or whatever, I'm forgetting news programs, uh, The Guardian, Newsweek, right? Like there's CWD making its way back into the news realm. So, It'll be interesting to see what happens. I thought it was kind of uh, a crazy thing to come across this zombie deer disease that some people call it. I've never heard of it until literally today. And I don't know, it kind of blew my mind. And I saw that movie and then I started thinking because, you know, my, uh, my, my mother's husband, my stepfather, I guess you can call it, who's a mayor of a small town in Washington. Uh, he's actually will be running for governor of Washington uh, within the next few years, which is really interesting. Uh, yeah, no lie. He's he's in politics, but it, it's a small town. He's a mayor. In. anyways, I talked to him about the movie when I was back home for the holidays. And he was just, you know, he's super 
right leaning man, right? You know, walks with a limp on his right. And uh, Dick swings to the right. <laughs> so, anyways, I was talking to him about the movie. He's like, oh, the movie sucked. It had so many flaws. What about the deer? The deer thing was so stupid. Deer don't do that. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, they don't. I was like, what is up with the deer in that movie? That's stupid. That is a stupid thing in that movie. Like, I, And then I thought it was dumb. I was like, yeah, what is up with this deer? Like, they have all this other shit happening, right? In the movie, that's apocalyptic. But why did the deer play such a big role in that movie? And I was thinking about that because I really enjoyed the movie. And I was able to overlook the fact that there was, at one point, you know, a hundred deer surrounding Julie Robertson, a little girl, as all these sirens are going off and there's all these things happening. Well, it's almost as if they're, so they're saying that ticks can spread the disease. They're saying that ticks are now able to spread CWD potentially into humans. Okay. We know that ticks are sometimes genetically modified. What do the deer do in the film though? I didn't see. They just, they just, they just, are weird, right? The deer are weird. The young girl is noticing the deer. She sees the deer like, and she was like, something's what? up with these animals. Like they're not like afraid of humans or they're not like moving yeah, the, normally. They're just kind of standing around. Exactly. Yeah, okay. all the above. And then okay. towards the end of the movie when it's climaxing, there's like a hundred deer facing the girls like right. about to attack them. And there's one like major... You know, like in the fleek of zombies, right? In like some of the zombie movies, there's always that one zombie who's like kind of like the fucking lead zombie guy. He's like, (laughs) and like looks at the human and you're like, okay, I don't know how you're in control of all these other zombies, but you are, you're definitely the leader. Uh, So there was this big buck and he was kind of the leader of the deer and it, yeah, definitely seemed like they were going to get mauled by this attack of seemingly intelligent, but they couldn't be referencing anything else in my opinion than CWD disease deers, because that's what they say. I mean, like they say they can, they can have rage. They can, they can, and deer will never run at you. That's not what a deer will do. A deer and elk like as rarely is going to like attack you. Yeah. Well, they're just going to run away. If you ever get that close to an elk, which you most likely won't, there's never going to be a point in your life unless you're literally hunting that you're going to be, so close to an elk that you're going to spook it. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, well, not not wild, you know, range, free range animals like that, sure. But I have, uh, <laughs> people follow my Instagram. I have tons of pictures of me next to deer. I'm like six feet away. So uh, the deer in the particular area that I was in, I think, are just very uh, tame because humans feed them in that neighborhood. But, uh, but yeah, it's weird. I have seen a CWD-inflicted deer in a pond. It really, really stuck with me. It shocked me. You know, it really scared me because I love animals. I don't like seeing that kind of thing. But it, it's weird, you know, because as you pointed out oh deer don't act that way well they do and people listening you know who aren't biology nerds like me or roman here uh you might be thinking well what does it matter like deer like you know what do they do for the world who cares you know well it does matter there's deer all over the country they're a huge 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 resource not just for humans, but for other animals and the role they play in uh, the environment, 
multiple different environments, you know, symbiotically. Uh, but also they carry, you know, they carry ticks and all kinds of stuff. So I wonder, uh, not to get all geopolitical conspiratorial, but it wouldn't be that hard for a country like China to engineer something like this and infect uh, a population of deer and cause a collapse in North America. I mean, I don't... I, I don't like to think in those terms, but when you see what's going on in the world, you see certain news stories, um, it makes more sense that warfare would take that sort of um, sort of style or form in this modern day and age that, you know, maybe biological weapons, people tend to think of things that affect humans, but making a disease that affects something like a population of deer will definitely affect humans. Right. So, uh, there's huge consequences to something like that and all the livestock. I mean, deer are, you know, wild, semi wild. So I have seen farms where people have deer, but deer interact in the same regions that livestock do. So if something affects a population of deer, I'm sure there's a chance, I'm not a pro expert on this, but I'm sure there's a chance that it can affect things like, you know, cattle, sheep, goats, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely has a, a trickle-down consequential uh, domino effect, rather. So I'm looking at the map of the United States, and it's just like, yeah, there's deer everywhere. I mean, I can't, oh, yeah. I can't think of a state. state that doesn't have deer. There might be, I mean might be not as many deer in like New Mexico, but I'm sure there's probably a a species down there. So what am I thinking? But anyways, yeah, if you live in a state where you don't see deer very often, let me know. Don't hit us up if you live in New York City, though, because obviously (laughs) there's no deer there. But anyways, uh, weird little tangent here, Roman, to go down, but I think it's appropriate (laughs) given the the movie uh, that kind of... Six million deer each year during legal hunting seasons in the U.S. have been brought in to, you know, said that have been hunted. And it's 200,000 tons of wild protein for humans. And just real quick, let me just say, that's a lot, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of hunters and there's a lot more hunters recently. And this idea of scaring people with like the end of the world coming and getting people to hunt more to stock up their freezers to get the shit going. Meat is how a lot of TSE is said to have been uh, spread and the poison coming so through the meat So you think this is itself. like a weapon against the preppers and the people who are sub uh, self-sufficient? That's a good point. That's what a lot of the movie was symbolizing on and pointing towards, in my opinion. Huh, wow. Talking specifically to preppers and then, like I was saying, this talk of all these elites and these rich people building their bunkers recently. Right. You know, there's there's a lot of that kind of thing happening and their fear-mongering prepper idea, right, left paradigm that's happening right now is the right are the preppers. The ones on the right, leaning hard, super right, are like severely into prepping. And so it's just like if there's an attack happening on a certain population of people, it would seem that like the people that are going to be more likely than not hunting are ones, you know, like I don't fucking know. It's just it's a big kind oh, of I think you're making thing. a great point. Yeah, it's what I'm seeing, man. Like in this in this alternative realm in which we which we roam, which we are here grazing in the fields like the little deer that we are. Right. Like that's kind of the shit where I'm like, 
2024 is going to be nuts. It's going to be wild. And we have Davos right around the corner to try and tell us exactly what they predict through their algorithms, which they've done in the past. They're simulated algorithms to tell us what they are predicting for the year so they can have their markets up and make money because they're the World Economic Forum. Then, yeah, we're right around the fucking corner, just a couple weeks away, about a month away from knowing what the fuck Davos has in store for us. So let's go. 2023 is nuts, but it's nothing compared to 2024. Let's go. Yeah, we've heard a lot of predictions this episode. We've heard a lot of thoughts on 2023. But Roman couldn't have thought of a better person to, uh, to bookend this episode. Thank you for joining me, brother. Uh, we've got a lot of great podcasts to look forward to for 2024. And I think we even have some podcasts scheduled already. So uh, look forward to that, folks. Support Roman with all his ventures in 2024, whether it's on Rising from the Ashes. He's a musician. He's also got a food truck business that we'll be hearing more about soon. So, yeah, if you're in his area, maybe you get to go and uh, hang out with Roman in person, talk about all this weird stuff, and get some delicious food. But, uh, yeah, I think this is a good spot to wrap up this episode. Um, I don't know. I gave some shout-outs. We did. We said some nice things. Uh, for all the guests that have been a guest on My Family Thinks I'm Crazy in 2023, thank you so much. You guys all rock. Every one of you, all the ladies, all the gentlemen, uh, I would give you all a shout-out, but we've done so many episodes that that'd be impossible. Um, so, yeah, look forward to more. Maybe 12 episodes a month in uh, <laughs> in 2024. So that's what, 12 times 12, 144 more episodes. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you then, folks, uh, for the 2024 wrap-up. But, yeah, that's that's about it for me. I'm tired. I'll probably put more thought into this tomorrow when I edit it all and publish it. I'm going to try to publish it. All right, and that is the end of the show. Thank you so much for sticking around. Be sure to support the podcast by signing up on Patreon or Substack. Send us a one-time donation at Mystic Mark on PayPal and Venmo. And we'll see you next episode. Here's to 2024. Immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are. Shit and they don't know where it's coming from In like a hundred years we went saw bomb before guns Check the facts, check the fed, check the stars Stanley Mines was murked for a water fuel cell car They each they own, you can stick with your old ways But eat the rich and drink the motherfucking Kool-Aid And I can see the red on your lip stain White skin, blue collar, pure American made Fuck it 
keep your blood so tearing And run the soul off the moon landed narrative Yeah, my girl thinks that I'm embarrassing My folks think I'm nuts, but never question the parenting Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy Connecting dots, but it's all kinda hazy I'm on the internet, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy My pap thinks I'm un-American and shady I'm feeling unhinged lately Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily You could tell me that the president's an alien It wouldn't phase me My family thinks I'm crazy Think that I'm off in the deep end One too many Netflix docs on the weekends But check the budget for a military defense Tell me we ain't scared of something not within reason Steel beams, another 1492 And 9-11 was the red, white, and blue And you be lit off the floor, riding ain't got a clue All your dreams just shit on a Rockefeller shoes Don't believe a damn thing a politician ever said Ain't one brick left to go up in the Fed They still got bricks of cocaine to make crack Oxy's killing the working class, FDA's whack Talking like this, got kids talking behind backs Too much to unpack, so they talk smack And I'm just trying to converse with my clan But it ain't fan, so I'm here setting up camp Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy Connecting dots, but it's all kinda hazy I'm on the internet, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy My pack thinks I'm un-American and shady Yeah, I'm feeling unhinged lately Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily You could tell me that the president's an alien It wouldn't phase me my family thinks I'm crazy credit card bill. 